Welcome to a very special episode of the Geek Heart Games podcast. That is right. It is episode number 100. That is right. We've got 100 episodes in the can. We cannot believe it's been going this long. We are so excited. Oh, yes. I'm Sam Suvak alongside Cody Tietrich. Cody, like, how excited are you for this episode? Um, if you took my excitement and divided it by four... That's how excited I'd be. That doesn't seem about, very excited. About twenty-five percent excited. Really? Like because, that's because it's our twenty-fifth episode. Are Are you sure? Yes. Because, like, on my notes, it says it's the hundredth episode, and if I wrote it down, oh. then I'm pretty sure that that's what's correct. Oh, oh shit! You're right. It is a hundred episodes. Really. Man, we've been doing this so long, I forgot. Get up there in that age, like, get kind of old. That, well, I mean, not really youngin', I mean, but kinda. some of us are. Um, is this, are you just playing along with me because you think I'm old? And like, I can't that, Whoa, okay, whoa, now you're putting words in my mouth and I don't <laughs> appreciate it. Okay, so I didn't expect you to go along with that. So, um... I don't know. Let's back this up. No, yes, it's it's episode 25. I just, yeah. you know, I wanted to have some fun. I thought Cody would stick to his guns further and, like, enforce that it was actually the 25th episode. But he's such a good improv guy, he just goes along with me. So, of course, he went along with it. And then I panicked and didn't know what to do. So, um... Yeah, that's how we ended up robbing that bank that one time. I just kept going along with you. <laughs> oh, uh, you that didn't happen much. That, that was... That was that was a that was a skit on a video we did that wasn't real. So yeah. just don't even and don't try to look for it on YouTube. It's you know, we took it down because we thought it was in poor taste. It's fine. All right. But Cody, for real, this is our 25th episode. We are a quarter of the way to 100 episodes. Hell yeah. How excited are you for this episode? Very excited, Sam. I've been looking forward to this for the past two weeks because we've talked about this for a while <laughs> and I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So to celebrate our 25th episode, we wanted to do something a little special, a little different, a little fun, perhaps a little frisky, I might say. Might. Yeah, I might. Cody wouldn't, but I would. Um, Some would say it would give you the goosebumps, but I mean, hey. Hey, you never know what's going to happen. Could get real emotional here. Um, So since it's the 25th episode, we like doing things with numbers, things that match. We said, hey... Let's do our top 25 games of all time. And it seemed like a real good time to do it. Um, like if we waited for 50 episodes, we'd have to do 50 of games of all of time. Games. That's a lot of games. Um, this is already probably going to be a long episode. That would be so long. <laughs> uh, and like, yeah, having to having to rank 50 games, that's tough. So we just decided 25 was the magic number. So... I'm pretty excited for this. Cody's pretty excited. He said we wanted to go over the rules first before we started. I'm a little confused because I'm hosting and I say no rules. So, um, um basically like rules. It's just like explaining to people what's happening. All right. Why um, don't you explain what's happening, Cody? So we both have our list of 25 games. So we're going to go turn by turn saying, hey, here's my number 25, and then Sam will say her 25. And we'll talk about the game, like what it meant to us. Mm-hmm. Except for 
if we have the same game on our list, but one is ranked higher than the other. So let's say for my number 25, I have insert blank game here. But Sam has that game ranked 20 on her list. We would have to wait till her number 20 to talk about it. And so we would just continue on. It's just so we're not repeating stuff constantly. It's so that we can... We got this idea from Talking Movies. It's yeah. a podcast where they talk about movies and they do ranking stuff. And we got this from that. And so credit where credit is due. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's hop in here and talk about our favorite games. Although before we start, I mean, do you want to mention any honorable mentions or do you just want to get to it? Um, ooh, do you have any? Uh, did you ask? Um, I have some, but we don't have to go over them. Oh, I mean, we can no, we can throw some out there. Do you have any? Or was it, I we didn't discuss this beforehand, so I'm kind of uh, throwing under not, the bus. We have not, but I can uh, I have a I want to ruin that. Ooh. Okay, okay, you go. Let's not do it. I'll, let's not do let's it. Not do let's it? Okay. let's not do it. You know, maybe maybe later in Discord if someone is curious what didn't make the cut, we'll go over yeah. that. But otherwise, it's just the 25. Technically exactly. times 2 because there's two of us. Hell so yeah. I mean, you know, double. I mean, I'm sure there's some overlap, so it's like 47, bro. I don't know. How many let's 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 take a little guess right here. How many overlaps do you think we have? I'm going to go at least 12 games overlap because I feel like we we have very similar tastes in some sense, but then I have some very different games. That I know you probably have never played. I am guessing six overlaps. All what did right, you say? Right, How many did you low. say? I said 12. Oh my God. Like totally doubled. Um, we're going to, this yeah, is that like was a... probably a very not good number guess so you're probably gonna win this oh <laughs> do you want to reconsider uh i'm gonna jump it down to 10 10 okay that's still because we'll that's do like whoever's closest on the numbers yeah so if it's yeah. nine i fucking win if it's uh, eight we're just we're just perfectly tied like and we're yeah. that's good for us so i'm happy with that um but i think it'll be fun to see how well we know each other considering how well we think we drive on these lists but Let's just get down to it. Cody, what is your... Okay, hold on. I do want to say something not really about a rule. Okay, let me just say, let me just say this. So uh, making the list, uh, it, it, there can be any reason for it being on the list. It could be a fantastic game. You could have had a really personal experience with it. Something about it really touches you. Um, so anything could, could cause these games to be on the list. They might not necessarily be... These are our personal yes. top 25 lists. So if there's a game on here you absolutely despise, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not your list. It's our list, respectively. It's so. the games that mean something to us. So Exactly. The yeah. games of our lives. Like sand through the hourglass, these are the games of our lives. Okay. I almost dropped my notebook. Okay. All right. Cody. So. What is your t number 25 game of all time? So my number 25 game of all time is a little game called Paragon. So Paragon was a third-person action MOBA uh, that was on PS4, PC, and Xbox. Um, so in Paragon, it was the basic MOBA standard where there's three lanes, there's a jungle, and my friends and I just found that game at a time when like we were kind of in a game drought almost, and I ended up putting like 
200 something hours in that game uh and we had just had so much fun with it and like games would last like hours sometimes but like we were having fun throughout it all and like there were so many unique and interesting characters in it uh there was a character named narbash who was this orc who played the drums and so one of his abilities was to play the drums and have a healing circle around him <laughs> um there was a gigantic lizard creature named Rampage whose ultimate would make him freak out and he would grow like 20 sizes. Like, Epic had a really great game on their hands. Uh, it's tragically, they shut down the servers and stuff earlier this year. Um, it was a really fun game. Uh, I had played it on the final day it was out and like, it wasn't the game I fell in love with, but it did like, it holds a special place in my heart just because... I had so many fun times with the people I got to play with. And like, it's kind of the theme of my list is mm -hmm. like games that like meant something to me in that time. So, yeah. yeah. So that's my number 25 Paragon. Nice. All right. My number 25, you remember previously how I said there are no rules. Okay. So this game in air quotes, um, <laughs> it's called logo. And technically, it's more of a programming language than a game. However, when I was in elementary school, we had computer lab. And one of the things we learned was how to program in Logo. And you would just type in these simple commands. Like, you have this little turtle that was like your cursor. And you'd say, like, go forward 10 spaces. Turn right. Go forward 10 spaces. And then, like, you would program this in and hit return. And it would go, like, draw your lines that you, you told it to do. Um, and so like, this was, you know, like learning how to th think like a programmer, like step-by-step step how to do something. Um, but it was fun because we got to do it on the computer. So it was kind of game-like. And I think it had a really big influence on my life because like, I enjoyed playing with that. And like, I love code, like now in life, I love anything to do with computer code. I've taken lots of little classes kind of just for fun, just because I would like to learn how to do it. And just like that, that line of thinking, like you have to be real specific, like if this happens, do this, if not do this, do all this. Um, so it's just like, it's shaped who I am. It's like made me really nerdy, maybe, or maybe I was already this way and this just helped bring it out. Um, but like even like, I love Excel spreadsheets. I know that's stupid. I love working with formulas in Excel. So that's just like the kind of nerd I am. And this was one of the earliest things I remember that kind of got that passion going in me. So logo, check it out. There are still like emulators online that you can just go in your browser and do some little code and like make some line drawings and stuff. It's neat. So <laughs> yes, Cody. Uh, upon hearing your number 25, can I drop that uh, crossover number down to like two? Because now I don't know where this list is going. <laughs> that's the only one that's like questionable for a game. And I just okay. wanted to put it on there because I feel like it's impacted my life. So it'll be all right. It'll be all right. All right, Cody, take us to number 24. All right. So number 24 is a little game for the Wii called Mario Galaxy. Uh, so I remember I've played Mario games in the past, but I never think I really played them to completion before this game. This was like my first Mario game where I sat down and was like, I want to beat this game. And like, I just like would go to school, come home, hop off the bus. And it was like, 
It's Mario Galaxy time. <laughs> Probably should have been doing my homework, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah, and like, I, the Wii gets a lot of shit, but like, it really was a really good console. It was in a my really opinion. good console, and it did so uh, much to just bring people to games that might not have been there before, and just yeah, it was great. Yeah, and so like, I liked the interactions with the move controller, like shaking it to do like the spin attack and like i liked that if i needed help i could like shoot these little star bits at stuff to stun them for a second like it was a really fun uh mario game and i just it was and like i enjoyed it so much i ended up playing through it multiple times once by myself then once with my sister and like i think i still own it on disc somewhere like it was just one of my favorite mario games of all time was it multiplayer, like, co-op where you could play together at the same time? No, it was... Okay. When I say I put my sister, it was more of, like... Take I helped her oh, get okay. through stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, and, like... I don't know, I think the, like, theme of, like, you're on this spaceship that's just going through space, and that's, like, you going to different worlds as you going to different planets, and, like, that was just a really cool take on Mario, in my opinion, so... Yeah. yeah. Mario yeah. Galaxy. A lot of fun. Cool. I, I predict that won't be the last time Mario makes an appearance on this list. So. <laughs> nope. Um, all, right. all right. So my number 24 is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Let me state for the record, I have always and will always want to say Ocarina of Time, but I have since learned that that is not correct. Ocarina is the correct pronunciation and whatever. But this game... I had tried to play like the original Zelda on NES and couldn't do it. It sucked. So I had no interest, right? In college, Nintendo 64, uh, I was friends with this guy and he's like, hey, play this Zelda game. It's great. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. But he let me borrow his game. And the most important part is he also let me borrow this little magazine that was a strategy guide for how to oh. play Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And that just made such a huge difference because this was back in the time the internet was just starting and they did not have YouTube. They did not have guides about how to do stuff in video games. Currently, you know, if I get stuck, I just hop online and I can figure out how to do it. Uh, but we didn't have that. So this, this uh, magazine was just like groundbreaking for me. Like there is no way that I could have played this game and beat it without having the guide. I would have gotten too frustrated. I would have stopped. Um, so, I mean, it, it literally like changed the way I play video games um, because it was just a way for me to see, you know, I can get through stuff. There's, there's help out there and ways to do it. Um, and it made me enjoy the game so much, which it's a great game on its own. Uh, but like, if you're getting frustrated with stuff, you're not going to enjoy it as much. So this helped me fully enjoy the game. And just for many years, like I would say that Legend of Zelda was the, was my favorite game of all time. Um, and so while I'm not like, I tried to go back and play it a while back and I was like, yeah, it's not, doesn't have the same pull for me anymore, but it, it had a, a spot in my heart for quite a while. So it deserves a spot on the list. So there you go. Cool. Yeah. Number right. 23, Cody. So I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time for the SNES. And technically arcade cabinet, because I have played it on an arcade cabinet before. Okay. Uh, so this is like one of my earliest gaming memories, is 
sitting down with my two brothers and we play Turtles in Time. And I don't think we ever actually beat the game, but it was just <laughs> fun to play as the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, the most recent time I can remember playing it is there's a barcade uh, in Baton Rouge. And we went there, my brother and I, with his family. And we got on the arcade cabinet and played it. And like, once again, did not get very far, but it's just one of those games that you have such good memories about it. I remember like getting to the Western uh, world, which I think is like the furthest we ever probably got, uh, which I think was pretty far in my opinion. Um, like how cool it was and how it introduced me to like comics in a way. Cause like the Teenage Mutant Turtles are rooted in comics. Um, and like, it made me want to go like watch the TV shows and stuff. And like, it was such a bonding experience for me and my brothers when I was younger. Like, it was just like, hey, like, let's play some Teenage Mutant Turtles. Like, got nothing better to do. Let's do it. Um, I, of course, always had to be Mikey because in the, my younger years, I was like, yeah, I'd be the funny guy. More of a Raph guy now. I like my, <laughs> I like Raphael. So, uh, yeah, TMNT Turtles in Time was just really cool. Soundtrack was fucking killer. So good. Question. So was this one where you co-op would all play together at the same time? Yes. Yeah, okay. uh, so you could pick to be any of the turtles um and yeah follow-up question here so you played with your two brothers so that's three people mm -hmm. playing with the four turtles right um so well, you have one turtle would be left out yeah one turtle would be left out uh and you have a sister so she's not she was she, not she never got to play born. no not born at that point <laughs> Okay, she it's wasn't five, born, so that's, that's, that's a good excuse, okay, because if she'd been born and she never got to play with you, I might have words, but, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll let that slide. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number 23, Sam? My number 23 is South Park the Fractured Butthole. Um, so, this game is just stupid silly fun, um, which I would enjoy regardless. It also was the game that really helped me be okay with turn-based combat and having fun in games like that, because before that I'd been really against it. Um, but the most important thing about this game is when I played it, um, which was last year, uh, October of last year, and that was a couple of months after I had to put my dog Gizmo to sleep. And... You know, like after, right after I did that, you know, I was I was okay with it. I knew I made the right decision and, you know, it was fine. And then like as more time went on, I just got sadder and sadder. And so by towards the end of October, I was like just the saddest that I've ever been in my life, really. And um, this this game really helped to cheer me up because, I mean, fart humor is always going to be funny no matter what. Um, there was one scene in particular where the guys go to this um, retirement home and they're entertaining the elderly patients and he, you're playing different instruments for this really stupid song. Um, and like you get a guitar and you play it and I like, think you get a triangle and you play it and then you get a flugenhorn and like your guy doesn't know how to play the flugenhorn. So of course he just sticks it up his butt and starts farting to play it. And it was cracking me up, okay? Um, and so while this was happening, there was one day I had come home from work early because I was sick. It actually, it was on Halloween. It was this weird thing. There was, what, what were those air quotes for? 
Uh, sick. Air no, quotes. I was seriously sick. Like, I'd been sick for like a week because, as I found out later, um, they were doing construction on the floor below us and they'd move some of the like pillars that hold up the floor. And so, like, it would wobble more than it used to, but like only slightly. So you couldn't really tell, but it was like I was getting motion sickness for like a week and I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I was constantly sick to my stomach. So, this is one of the days where I'd come home early and I was playing this game. And the most important thing happened. I looked out the back door at just the right time. And I saw that cat right there walking across my patio. And that was the first time where I like opened the door and I was like, hey, do you want some treats? And that started the journey to get Aloy into my life. So it all just kind of came together. And like, that's the game I was playing at the time. And so it'll always be important to me. So... And also, I mean, that's where we got our time fart ability. So it, it's important for that, too. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Cody, what is the 22nd game on your list? So 22nd game is Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Okay. So when you're a kid, there are a couple things that are cool to you. Violence and boobs are two of them. So That's when we got GTA Vice City for the PS2, my life was pretty great. Um, I remember not knowing what I was doing in this game, not really understanding the story, but I knew I could drive a car and jump off ramps and run people over, and then the cops would come find me. And somehow I would always end up at the strip club with the cops chasing me. <laughs> Don't know how I got there. But would always get there. Um, Is that why that time we robbed the bank, you wanted to go to the strip club right after? Probably. Okay. It's a very, I mean, hey, it happens. Um, GTA Vice City was another game that I played with my brothers. Uh, I definitely don't remember, like, what was going on in the story most of the time. But I do remember, like, helping do some, like, easy driving missions. Because uh, I was just, it was cool to, like, get into a car and, like, mess with the radio station and on the car. Uh and, like, I remember going back to that game and actually, like, knowing what's going on because mm -hmm. I was older. And, like, probably one of the better GTA games, in my opinion. I never got to play 4, which was, like, a huge oversight on my part. Um, but, like, Vice City's soundtrack was so good. Like, that's where I learned about Guns N' Roses. And, Did like... It, was Paradise City on the soundtrack? That's Paradise City. Oh, my God. Paradise that's... City and Welcome to the Jungle. Both of them were on there. That's why... Those are, like... Yes. So that's why so Burnout good. Paradise was almost on my list. It didn't quite make it, but those songs uh, are so good. So I have a combination of like how good the music was and then like how much fun I had playing with my brothers. Uh, really like cements that game like as one of my favorite games of all time, just because even though I probably never got to the end mm -hmm. and like never knew what happened to Tony, uh, it was just really good. Like it was a good memory. So yeah, yeah. 22 GTA Vice City. I mean, you always remember your first boobs in video games, right? So it's really nice. That's really what nice. they say. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, hard pivot off of that. My number twenty-two, it maybe not. Uh, it's drawful, and uh, you know, it depends on who you're playing with. There could be some boobs in that game too. Um, the reason that it's on my list is just because. Like, that's a game that I started playing with my family. 
um, whenever we would get together for somebody's birthday or like a holiday and like the family would just like kind of want to sit around and talk. And, you know, I'm not big for just sitting around and talking. So like I'd, I'd get them going. I'd be like, hey, let's let's check out this game. Let's play this game. And surprisingly, everybody in the family loved Drawful. And it's so easy because you can just play on your phone and everybody's horrible at drawing on your phone. So it doesn't matter. And we would just have some of the funnest times drawing crazy stuff, trying to figure out like what my parents are drawing. Like, what is this? Sometimes there'd be something that would be like, not really scandalous, but a little bit scandalous. And then like your parents have to draw and you're like, Oh God, this is embarrassing. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's just, it was just fun. And it's just a, it was just a way for uh, me and my family to, to bond together and have some fun. So yeah, drawful. It's a good time for everybody. So number 21 on my list is Pokemon Ruby. So I've been given many Pokemon games throughout my life. You've heard the story of me getting Pokemon Yellow. Then I got Pokemon Crystal. I did not know what I was doing in either of those games. So Pokemon (laughs) Ruby is the first Pokemon game that I actually knew what I was doing. And I actually felt like I understood how to be Pokemon Master. Uh, So I think like the team element of Pokemon Ruby and technically Sapphire as its counterpart. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was just a very easy story to understand when I was first getting into Pokemon. Like in Pokemon Ruby, the enemy is team Aqua and they want to flood the world. So you're just stopping them from flooding the world pretty much. Yeah. Um, and the Pokemon in gen three were just really cool looking like your starters were uh, a fire chicken or some like weird tadpole or a tree gecko (laughs) just really cool in my opinion um and so yeah that was the first pokemon game that i actually like beat all the gyms and then i got to the elite four and i beat them and i was like i feel really accomplished i finally fucking get pokemon and so pokemon master exactly so pokemon ruby will always hold a special place in my heart as being the first pokemon game i actually technically beat nice um, now is the part in the podcast where we pause and everyone listening can play a game and bet themselves whether or not that's the only Pokemon game to show up on Cody's list. I personally am going to bet that it is not the only one on the list. I don't know. I don't know the Pokemon games. I don't know how many there are, but I'm going to bet there's another one at least on his list. So. We'll have to wait to find out. Even I don't know. It'll be a surprise. But let's 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 keep going. So, uh, my number twenty one is Super Mario Brothers three on the regular Nintendo. Sorry, the original Nintendo. Um, and this was just like I had the first Super Mario, and it was fun, and we would play it. Like me and my sister would play and take turns and stuff. Um, but then like Super Mario three came out, and it seemed like it was just well, there were a lot of things. First, it was a little bit easier it seemed to control than than the first one was. Like, I could get further in three. Um, You had the fun stuff where you could hold the button down and you could fall down behind the scenery and then you could, like, run through the level behind the scenery, which was cool. Like, that was, like, my first experience on having, like, weird little hidden Easter eggs in games. Like, there probably was stuff in, in the first game that I just didn't know about, but that was cool. And then you got, like, the new suits. So you got, like, the tanuki mario and he had his little tail you yeah. could kind of fly a little bit you got the princess wing where you could fly a lot 
And then, like, you eventually got the little frog Mario, and he was just so adorable. I loved him so much. So it was just so many new things and so much fun, and that's just, like, I loved playing that one. That was one of my favorite games when I was little. So it just needs a spot on the list. So, yeah. Uh, All right, so we are at number 20. Cody. So number 20 for me is Gears of War 3. Okay. So... For Gears of War 3, like, it was, for all intents and purposes, going to be, like, you know, the final Gears of War game. Like, I didn't know back then, like, oh, there'd be another one, um, or two other ones. Uh, at least. And Yeah, at least. Uh, so, in Gears of War 3, you're kind of wrapping up the war with the Locusts, but also, like, it has a character definite that, like... This legitimately may have been the first time I cried at a video game. Uh, there's a character who has an arc throughout all the Gears of War games. Uh, and in 3, he sacrifices himself. I won't say how, just in case anybody was want to play through those games. Um, he sacrifices himself to save the rest of the group. And, like, it's this character moment. And, like, this is where his story ends. And I just, just fucking wrecked. Like, I was like, oh, God fuck um and then you get to the end and like you're like i'm doing this for this character like we're gonna end this pretty much it's like how you yeah. feel getting into the end of the game and you do it and like it's just like i suck at the gears of war multiplayer but like <laughs> the story of gears of war i always enjoy because just because like it's like this apocalyptic uh almost zombie like because the locusts are like weird that okay. creatures um, I don't know. The Gears of War games have always been one of my favorites. Like it's just been like a, a series I've enjoyed. And so, like at the time when I was like, "All right, this is the end. Like this is the end of Gears of War story," mm-hmm. uh, I was really like sad, but like almost in a good way. Um, and like seeing that character death uh, early on in the game, I was just like, "Man, this this is really hitting home." Like yeah. Gears of War three always have a very special place in my heart because of it. Nice. Um, My number 20 is the Oregon Trail. (laughs) I was going to fucking make a joke at 25 that you're going to have the Oregon Trail on this list. (laughs) And you do. I fucking, oh my god. Let's go. Talk about the Oregon Trail and your dysentery. Oh, man. So I mentioned earlier, you know, in elementary school, we had computer lab and, you know, we'd have to do our educational games and do stuff like that. But then, like, we'd have free days and we get to have fun. And you were always like running, trying to get the Oregon Trail disc first, because like that was the funnest game to play. Um, Like you got to name your characters after your friends if you wanted to. I mean, you could try to make some of them die if that was your goal. Uh, you would just, like, get to... I think you could, like, personalize their tombstones when they died. Um, you know, people would get dysentery. Uh, you'd have to, like, manage stuff. Like, what am I going to buy? Am I going to ford the river? Or or just try to walk across it? Um, it was just fun decision-making like that. And then the hunting was so much fun in Oregon Trail. And I know it was, like, the simplest hunting ever. Because it's just, like, top-down, like, little animal comes, you shoot it. And, like, you'd have to be careful because you could only carry so much meat back to the wagon. 
But like hunting in Oregon Trail was like my favorite thing to do. So I think that was like an early warning sign that like I was going to like shooters eventually. Um, but that was just, I mean, it's a great game. It's a classic. People still talk about Oregon Trail for a reason. So did you ever play it, Cody? Um, I believe I've played about 20 minutes of it on a computer in my high school. And I was like, this is very weird. I don't know why people like this. Yeah, I can I mean, see now why people like it. Um, I'm not sure it holds up very well now compared to, you know, what if you start with more modern games going back to this old game being like, huh, okay, that's interesting. But at the time, yeah, I mean, was, at the time, it was like I mean, the greatest thing we had. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, number 19, Cody, what you got? I have the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Okay. Uh, so in a weird way, Skyrim is like my first experience with a fantasy-based RPG. Um, like I never got into Zelda. I never got into Dragon Quest, uh, Dragon Age. Um, so like this was like my first like fantasy RPG. Um, and boy, was I hooked! <laughs> like I legitimately made three different characters and got them to like just before the final end boss. And then just would remake characters because I was bored. I was like, ah, I don't like this rogue character. Time to make a mage. Oh, I don't like this rogue character. I mean, this mage character. Let me make a, a barbarian, pretty much. <laughs> Big two-handed uh, wielding dude. And that game, I lost so many hours. And I remember my buddy also got it. And like we were in our college dorm room. And we spent hours like not wanting to look up how to become werewolves. But like just like, well, eventually figure it out. And, like, after, like, 20 hours, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking look up how to be a werewolf. Um, <laughs> I remember my buddy got turned into a vampire right before he was going to become a werewolf. And then he, like, got the glitch. Because back in the day, Skyrim used to have a lot of bugs. And if you became a vampire, you were just fucked. Everything wanted to kill you, pretty much. And so he had to restart this character that he, like, loved. And I felt so bad for him. <laughs> um Skyrim is just, it's pretty much like, go out there and be whoever you want to be. And like, there's not a lot of like, you don't even have to do the story if you don't want mm -hmm. to. You could just run around and fight things and level up and just do whatever you want. And like, I had never experienced that kind of freedom in a game. Because like, in other games I'll talk about later on, like, you're kind of forced to do some kind of a story mm -hmm. if you want to do anything. In this game, it was just, go do whatever you want. Like, you don't have to go talk to sir ebenezer over here just go up that fucking mountain and go in the dungeon and then go see him later on and have a quest completed already so skyrim is just a lot of fun i always talk about wanting to go back to it but i don't want to pay more than 20 bucks for it so i'm like uh um i don't know like it's, i'm a cheapskate i guess um <laughs> but yeah skyrim was just so much fun uh, i lost a lot of hours to that in college when i picked it up so Cool. Alrighty, my number 19 is Tales from the Borderlands. Um, like, I had never played one of the actual Borderlands games before, and I think I just heard good things about Tales from the Borderlands, and I had I don't think I'd ever played a Telltale game before, and I was a little concerned about it because I didn't know if I would like that. I thought I might get bored, just like... 
There's not a lot to do. You just kind of watch stuff and then you make some decisions occasionally. But once I got, this is the perfect game to start as a Telltale game. Like if you've never played anything like this before, this one is perfect. It's so much fun. Um, the Borderlands universe is great and the humor that is built into this game is just, it's just fantastic. Um, they've got great characters and then like in between each chapter, they would have like a musical montage of like what the characters have been doing in this time that kind of was like an opening credits scene and they were just the funniest things ever. And I like, I found myself, I was like, you know what, if this were just an animated movie, like I would sit down and watch it because it's so much fun. And then being able to like make decisions and do stuff too made it really enjoyable. Um, it's got a really great story. And like you said, with Gears of War 3, it was the first one to make you cry. I'm pretty sure that this game is the first game that made me cry, and then it's also the first game that made me laugh out loud. So it has, like, it runs the gamut of emotions. Um, it made me care about this character that I really didn't think I was going to care about at all. Like, I thought this one was just, like, comic relief. I was like, yeah, whatever. But then, like, there was a real emotional scene, and I was just like, oh my god, what are you doing to me? Um, but yeah, I love it. If they if they made a sequel to this, I'd be I'd be buying it day one. So if you haven't ever tried it and haven't ever tried a Telltale game because you think maybe it's not for you, give this one a try. Um, yeah, I like it. We are up to number eighteen, Cody. My number eighteen is Marvel Heroes Omega. Uh, so Marvel Heroes Omega was a top down. ARPG um, based around the Marvel Universe. Uh, and so, like, I had played this game when it first came out on PC when it was in beta uh, way back in, like, 2012, I want to say. And I was like, okay, this is cool, like, but my, my PC can't run it, so, like, whatever. Like, I barely, like, survived the beta on day one. Um, so when I heard it was coming to console, I was like, fuck yeah. Like, this is my chance. Like... This is pretty much a Marvel MMO RPG, and I'm so excited. Um, so, like, Beta was there, day one, bought, like, a Founders Pack. We played it together. We had a video series for our old uh, company, Talking Games, and it was called Heroes Hideout, and we had so many stupid, wacky adventures in that game. Um, Captain America and Squirrel Girl for life. Uh, this game was so much fun to me because, like, there was constantly stuff to do. They added stuff uh, the first couple months. Um, and, like, it was just a lot of fun. Like, I enjoyed, like, picking up a new character and, like, falling in love with that character. Like, Jean Grey slash the Phoenix was, like, one of my favorite characters. And, like, I grinded for, like, all of the good gear for her. Like, I tried to do everything I could to get, like, the max stuff. Because, like, I was, like prepping for when they were going to introduce raids and stuff. Um, and, like, it was a little bittersweet in the end when, like, all this bad stuff came out about, like, one of the CEOs, and so they shut down, like, uh, they shut down Gajillion, and slowly, like, the game, like, was dying. Uh, but I kept playing even till the end. Um, and, like, it's a game I wish could make a comeback, because, like, I dropped so much money in that game because like I bought characters constantly. Like I think when they refunded me, like Sony had to refund me a bunch of money because they shut down 
um i got like 80 bucks back from like two <laughs> months worth i was like shit probably should like watch my spending um <laughs> it was just such a fun game and there was always like something to do like you could just go to midtown and run around and fight different bosses like the defenders event was really cool a spider-man event for homecoming was awesome i would have loved to see where that game is now on console just because like it had such life to it i feel and like the best part of that game was like i felt like our friendship grew stronger through that game like we definitely it was our first video series we did together and like it was so much fun to just like plan stupid skits like we made uh justin townsend dr doom because he shot a squirrel in some other video series he did and like it was just so much fun like everything we did in that game and i i, just, I miss it to this day it's a game i wish was still there so i could go back and play and i'm hoping eventually we get a new marvel game that's similar to it so yeah marvel vs omega will always have a special place in my heart yeah and i mean there's there's a lot of reasons that led to us being here today but yeah. if we hadn't if you hadn't said hey you want to make this video series with me for marvel heroes we definitely would not be here today so exactly it's got a place in both of our hearts however it's only got a place on cody's list unfortunately <laughs> what are you gonna do we only got 25 games <laughs> <laughs> all right uh okay all right, so my number 18, this one's a little tricky. I'm sure it's going to earn me a look, okay? So it's either Sonic the Hedgehog 1 or Sonic the Hedgehog 2 because, like, these games are pretty similar and, like, I know I played both of them a lot and I can't really recall which one it was that I played the most. I'm leaning towards 2 because, again, like, I feel like the sequels are usually better. Um, definitely on that one. Um... But, like, I used to play so much Sonic the Hedgehog. And what I would do is I would come in, I would turn the volume down, I would put in my Aerosmith Greatest Hits cassette and listen to that while playing Sonic the Hedgehog. And I just, like, I can't even tell you, like, how many hours I spent doing that in my youth. I think this was probably, like, middle school age for me. But, like, I just had so much fun with it. It was, like... The fun new thing after Nintendo was the Sega Genesis, you know, and Sonic could just like go so fast. And that, I mean, that was definitely the first time I'd ever played a game with that type of speed and, and excitement to it. And uh, it got me hooked. I loved it. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's that's my Sonic one or two. They were both great games. I don't know. I'll allow it. It was a long time ago. That's reasonable. All right, Cody, let's get to number 17. Okay, so number 17 for me is Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. This was the first Call of Duty game I played back in high school, and I remember being hooked the second I got in there. Um, so similar to some of my other games, like this game was definitely for me like who I played with. I made so many friends through this game. Uh, a bunch of the friends i had made through another game that i'll talk about later uh we hopped over to this just because we needed like a break from our regular games and i remember the first like couple games i had no idea what i was doing i would walk around with like a secondary that was like a mini machine gun that looked like a stapler almost like a staple gun 
and I would crouch around the map and hope I don't get caught and I'd always die and I'd go like <laughs> 5 and 20 and like as someone who like prides themselves on being good at shooting video games um, I was like you know what I'm gonna sit down this is where my watching YouTube mm. like video games on YouTube started I wanted to know how to be the best Call of Duty player I could be. So I watched guides. I watched other people play. Like, I learned, like, different classes to play. Um, and eventually, like, I got really good at that game. Like, I consider, like, we always would go and play the game of Search and Destroy, um, which is, like, kind of the almost competitive game mode back then. And, like, we had a pretty good win record, I feel like. We mm -hmm. tried really hard. Um I think like my favorite moment from that game was there was a map called Estate, and it was you were in this forest, but there was a building up top that was like an estate, um, and like there was like a couple shacks around, and like there was like a driveway where like you go up this hill and like you get to the driveway of the estate, and I equipped a mini Uzi, silenced, <laughs> and I put on perks that were like would make me run super fast. And pick up my gun super fast, so when I stopped running, I could shoot fast. And, like, call, uh, search and destroy rounds last, like, five minutes. Mm -hmm. The round was over in 30 fucking seconds, because I ran up this fucking driveway, <laughs> turned, sprayed some people down to my left, ran in the house, sprayed down the other three people, and I killed everybody. And it was called an ace, is what they would call it in Call of Duty. It's my first ace. Nice. And I remember jumping up and yelling a little too loud at 10 o'clock at night and i definitely got my ass chewed out over it um but like such a fun game i it's the reason i was very passionate when they were talking about oh they're gonna remaster call of duty modern warfare 2 but not bring back the multiplayer i was like well you're just stupid like why would you do that because like you don't play call of duties for the, the campaign you play the call of duties for the multiplayer that's where like the fun is usually some, some not, people not so play much for the campaign depends on the person some people play for the campaign yeah um but yeah this and like all the friends i made through modern warfare 2 were so amazing uh like i eventually started playing with people i went to high school with and like it was just a lot of fun that we would like we would play the game go to high school talk about the game come home play it some more and yeah. so yeah modern warfare 2 was a really amazing call of duty game nice all right, number 17 for me. I feel that we have reached what will be one of our first overlaps. So, it's God of War. I know. No, we cannot talk about no, this. No, I know. I know. So. I know, I know. It's it's pretty high on the list, uh, but All right. we'll, we'll get to that. I, well, hey, to be fair, my number 16 is another game I feel like we can't talk about yet. Okay. It's gone home. Okay, again, we cannot talk about that. All right. Uh, sweet 16. All right. I feel that my 16, I'm going to be perfectly safe talking about because it's Resident Evil 7. <laughs> okay. You're not going to be Go on the list. So, um, so you, guys, you guys probably know that I, I like me some Resident Evil. Um, number six just tore me down. I was like, no, what, what did you do? This is horrible. What have you done to Resident Evil? Uh, I was very skeptical when 7 was coming out. I was even more skeptical when I saw like that demo where you're just going through the house. You don't have a gun. 
you're not shooting anything. You're just kind of running for your life. I was like, what kind of, and I guess that was getting back to more original, um, Resident Evil stuff, but you know, I never played the original stuff. I played four and five and I like shooting things. So I was pretty worried about it. I wasn't sure if I was going to get it, but then I did and I fell in love. I fell in love immediately. I set a rule for myself that I could only play at night. I had to play without the lights on and with headphones on so that it was like super spooky. And it was. It is like a really scary game. You're going through that house. Your dude has wore like the loudest shoes ever in the history of man. Like, why wouldn't you wear some nice, quiet sneakers if you're going to this place? But that's fine. So he's just clomping around. I'm like, please be quiet. I don't want them to hear me. Uh, so it's just tense. It's fun. Um, it has its bad points, obviously. Some of the boss fights are a little excessive. Um, but it just, it, it made me believe in Resident Evil again. Uh, I, I have complete faith in that franchise that it's going to keep going in a great direction. I had fun playing it, and then I decided to go back and platinum it. And, like, that's the hardest I've ever worked for a platinum. And, like, there were moments when I just was overwhelmed by despair because I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. And then to be able to find the way and, and power through and get it done, I was just, I was so happy. And I just, I love that game. Like, I'd go back and play it again anytime. I want to I wanna help Cody get through the part he's stuck on, so so maybe he'll find other parts to it that he loves, but I don't know. We'll, we'll get to that another day. So. I remember seeing you playing this game all the time, and I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? She, you're like, I'm going for the Platinum. So like, right now I'm playing it through on this one. And like a couple days later, I'd be like, well, what are you doing now? Oh, now I have to play it through on this, where I can only use healing items three times and like, I was like, good lord, Sam, you're ridiculous. Um, you mentioned honorable mentions earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm calling it now. I think Resident Evil 5 could be somewhere on this list by the time we finish it. So. Oh my god, that's so exciting. I'm loving that game. That's a really good game. Oh, that warms my heart. Oh. All right. Oh, so number 15 for me. Mm-hmm. Mario Odyssey. Okay. Can we talk about it? Absolutely. It's not on your list? Okay, well. You know um... I didn't even finish that game. Oh shit, you did in this right, I forgot. Um <laughs> So yeah, Mario Odyssey came out last year. Uh man, I love that game a lot. It was it was just really cool to like it was kind of the reason I bought a Switch almost, because I was like, hey, I want to play Mario. Mm -hmm. Um because like it had I didn't get to play Mario Galaxy 2 I didn't, I kind of skipped out on the 3DS Mario games. I never played them. So, like, it was just, like, right place, right time. Like, I want to play some Mario. Like, I miss my boy. Um, I love the story going on. Like, the whole, like, Bowser's going uh, place to place, getting all this stuff ready for a wedding. And, like, uh, there are some really cool moments in that game. Uh, spoiler alert, if you don't care, skip yeah. forward about 20 seconds. Um you fight a dragon when the dragon shows up. Holy shit. I was like playing in handheld and I jumped in the air and I was like, what? A dragon? <laughs> like, it was so cool. The first time you see the T-Rex, the start, that's like in the first level. So don't even yell at me for that. Um, the T-Rex in the start where you throw the cat, you throw Cappy on him. Mm -hmm. So fucking cool. Like, there's just so many like cool ideas in that game. Uh, I love the way it was like, each world felt different and vibrant. 
uh you go to the sand world like there's like mariachi bands and stuff and then like you go to like the feudal japan world because that's bowser's kingdom and of course he wants a feudal japan era thing um <laughs> And the ending of that game, like the ending of the main story part, I haven't gone back and gotten any much of the moons. I know there's like something called the dark side of the moon. Um, but uh, the ending of the game where like, just like, like kind of like final wrap up scene to what you're doing, escaping the chapel where Bowser's holding the wedding was really cool. And like something I, I never thought they would do in a Mario game. Mm -hmm. So like it was number two on my top 10 last year that's how much i loved it like it was just such a good mario like way better than legend of zelda breath of the wild come at me um <laughs> so yeah like i had a blast with mario odyssey um and like playing it again with my niece like where we got to play the two-player stuff and do mm -hmm. stuff together was just like really cool like it's just I think it is one of the best Mario games of all time, like hands down. Cool. I mean, if you, if, don't you like that, me, Sam. if you like that kind of thing, then yes, absolutely. So, but I mean, there's so many Mario's that there's a Mario for everybody. Um, so it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you liked it so much. Um, okay. My number 15 is house of the dead overkill. This is just like an arcade shooter where obviously you're shooting zombies, um, and it's, it's got a lot of cutscenes and it's like a, like a seventies B movie, uh, type, uh, kind of buddy cop, but they don't really get along, uh, type movie thing in your cinematics. Um, and it's just so funny and so vulgar. They, they cuss a lot. They say some funny things. Um, the gore is pretty great in this, which is like, you know, you're shooting things that are exploding. There's some boss battles that are like, there's gross stuff that happens. Um, but I just, I love this game. I got it on the Wii at first. And, you know, it was fun because you've got the Wii controller. So you just kind of point at the screen to aim. Um, and it has a fun thing that you can do if you wanted to, if you were a crazy person, where you could get two remotes and do dual wheel pistols. And so, like, you know, you just aim. And that's so hard to do. It's not It's not a good time. It's going to make you play worse than if you played with just one remote. But it's fun to do. And it's nice that it's available. Um, I love this game so much that I bought it on uh, PS3 also. Because they had like a more ultimate edition where you got two extra levels. Um, and so I wanted a little bit... Sometimes I, like when I was transitioning from Wii to PS3, like I bought some games again because of, like I wanted the challenge of, okay, now I'm playing with a controller instead of the Wii where I can just point to aim. Like it's going to be more difficult for me. I have to learn to do this. Um, but yeah, I've played that game through so many times. Just like having friends over to play it with them because you can do two-player co-op. Um, it's just so much fun. If it, it came out on a current console right now, I'd buy it again. Um, I just, I just love it. And if they, hopefully they'll keep making some House of the Dead games and they'll be in this like style. Um, but yeah, I love it. And it's a very good time. So, all right. So we are moving on to number 14. All right. So my number 14 is The Last of Us. Okay. Uh, so, The Last of Us Remastered came with my PS4, um, and I remember being like, all right, 
I gotta beat this game before I can buy a new game. So I like <laughs> was dedicated. Uh I like it's almost like Naughty Dog is an abusive boyfriend, but you just love him so much that you stick with them even though they keep punching you in the gut over and over. This is a bad metaphor, I know. No, to be fair, an abusive partner, because both partner. men and women could be abusive. So let's not Good put point. it all on abusive boyfriends. It could be anyone. So. Good point. Yeah. Uh, so Naughty Dog is an abusive partner who just really wants to like keep punching me in the stomach every yes. second they get. Um, this was a game I remember crying through a lot because of certain moments that happened. Um, I think has one of the like best endings in a video game possibly. Um, I think that ending was earned and made me I already loved the character Joel and I loved Ellie but it made me love them both more because I love their dynamic of this father daughter thing they had going. Um, I finished so I finished the campaign and I was like what's this faction thing? And I hopped into the factions. And Last of Us had one of the best multiplayers of all time, in my opinion. Oh, wow. Um, I loved it so fucking much. Like, there was, like, all this cool, like, class stuff you could really do. Mm -hmm. Like, you could really make your character, like, almost like a sniper character or a shotgun character. Uh, I had a blast with it. I'm excited that Last of Us 2 is going to have factions again. Um, Last of Us was just... it was It's a game that you have... You need to play. Like, it's breathtakingly beautiful at points it's vicious and gut punching at points and like it hits multiple uh emotions on the spectrum and like it's a really good game and like i recommend it to almost anybody who's like hey i want to i'm gonna buy it in ps4 what should i what should i buy yeah get the last of us it's a good game like you'll it there are parts where you get to slog through but it gets really good I agree with you. It is a fantastic game. It took me quite a while to warm up to it and to be in the yeah. mindset where this is something I wanted to play. Um, but it's it's fantastic. It will make you cry. But you've forgotten probably the most important part. Um, Ellie likes to tell puns. And she's got yeah. herself a little pun joke book. And when you play, um, what's the DLC called? Left Behind? No. Left Behind. Left Behind. Yeah, it's Left Behind. Um, you get to see when she first gets that joke book mm -hmm. and like you can sit there like I it lets you go for about five minutes just saying okay tell me the next joke and she'll just read the jokes and they'll <laughs> laugh about them and I'm like tell me all the jokes and I was like I could keep doing this forever and then finally it was done she's like okay I think that's enough and she puts the book away um, but she's got some real great puns so I highly recommend it <laughs> okay uh, my number 14 is Battle Chef Brigade. This is a super adorable game. It's kind of an anime style. You're this girl who wants to go to the city to learn to be in the Battle Chef Brigade. Um, so you have to go out and fight monsters, and then after you kill them, you get to pick up their body parts that have certain ingredients. Then you go to cook them, and it's a like match three kind of gym system when you're doing your cooking and you want to like get matches to get higher level gyms to get the highest points possible in your your dish to impress the judges and it's like a really simple concept but it's just super fun to play it and then 
Like, I thought it was just going to be like, yeah, we're doing this match three. It's fine. It's fun. But it has a great story. All the characters are so well built. And the story arcs that it go through goes through were just really surprising to me. Like, I didn't expect it to do all of this and get you so invested in it. Um, but it's just a fantastic good time. It's only 20 bucks. Um, it's on Switch and PC. I think I'm pretty sure I've bought it on both Switch and PC because... I got it on Switch first, and then I wanted to record some footage of it, uh, but I didn't have my capture card yet, so I bought it on PC so I could record footage. So that's that's how much I like. Oh, also, I As bought it. I bought it for at least two people for gifts because, like, it's I love it so much. So I don't know. Just check it out. It's fun. So. Oh my God, we are up to number thirteen now. Wouldn't it be incredible? If both of our number 13s were Friday the 13th. I mean, they're not. It's definitely not. But definitely. it would have been cool if we'd done that. But instead, just go go ahead and tell us what your actual 13 is, Cody. My number 13 is Until Dawn. Not on your list? No. Okay. So, Until Dawn was a horror game where the choices you made and what happened to you stuck. And it, I thought it was revolutionary. Like this idea that unless you like pulled the cable before it could quickly autosave, like <laughs> that character was fucking dead Yeah. until you restarted. Um, and like this game was important to me because like I played with someone through it all and like it was a real bonding experience. And like it's a really well done horror game. Like it, so it feels like a '90s horror movie going on. Like there's twists and turns and psychological stuff going on. Like it's super amazing. Like so much fun. Uh, I remember getting to the end and like I think yes, I got to the end and I did one fucking thing wrong I and I killed a character and I was like. I hate myself. It and was, I almost was like, we're replaying. We're replaying the entire game just so I can get everybody saved. And I was like... It, it was not clear at that point what the consequences of your action were going to be. So yeah. I think like a lot of people made that mistake because they didn't understand what was going to happen. It was that's it's it was a tough one, though. That was that was heartbreaking. So Yeah. Like, uh, we are going to talk about horror games in October. And like, this is a game that like I want to deep dive into. Because, like, it is so impactful to, like, how different it is from other horror games that are out there. Um, it's it's super amazing. I The prequel is, like, in VR, so I can't play that. So I don't know how well that ties in. I feel like I've heard bad things about it. Um, uh, I would love a second one. Like, not around these characters. Like, maybe just, like, the style. call it on Telton 2, but, like, in that style. Like, yeah. where your choices matter. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, until dawn, such a like breath of fresh air uh, when it comes to video games. So yeah. Um, fun fact. I I mean I also love until dawn. That was one of the games that like I had been wanting for a long time before I got the PS4. I'm like, if I get PS4, I could play until dawn. And it was actually the first game I played on my PS4 because I was so excited for it, and it did not let me down. It was a fantastic game. Um. Another fantastic game. My number 13 is Doom. 
you guys, you've heard me talk about Doom Eternal and how excited I am. Man, I, I love Doom. Um, I, I know you've been playing some of it. I want to go back and play some more of it. There's just something that is so fun about this game. It's so fast-paced. You're just running around. You shoot stuff, but then you've got the glory kills where you go in for the melee, and it's just so it's satisfying really to like yeah. just mutilate these demons in different ways. Um, you get a lot of cool different weapons. You get a fun chainsaw. There's that cat. Um, the character designs are gruesome and amazing. The heavy metal soundtrack gets you so hyped up while you're playing. Like there's there's nothing better than just the combination of everything pulled together that is Doom. Um, so yeah, I love that game. Yeah. All right, we're getting close to the top ten, but we're not there yet. Cody, what is your number twelve? My number twelve is Monster Hunter World. Okay, came out earlier this year. Talk about a series I knew nothing about going into. I hopped into the betas last year and was just like, I like this a lot. And a game that I've sunk 200 hours into and like always going back and like having something like being able to pick up a new weapon and go fight a monster was so fresh, like and fun. Really cool story. Like these big, like almost like you versus Godzilla, like matchups you could do uh the constant support for the game has been amazing uh i'm actually like gonna hop back in soon and like kind of catch up on what i've been missing like they've added a couple things it was a game i needed at the time because it like was giving me everything i wanted that other games weren't um like it was a time sink but like it felt rewarding like even if i couldn't kill a monster if I hit them and like a part fell off, at least I was getting a part that would help me eventually get to the sword I wanted. Um, and like, it was tough at first. Like I, it was a very big learning curve to getting good at killing monsters. But like, I felt pretty confident towards like the end of me playing like hardcore, like no life in that game. Um, like I knew like, Hey, like if I timed this, like, had a time it perfectly where like i get to do this big heavy swing that does like five thousand damage and i'm gonna knock the fuck out of that monster and like help my teammates like it has some shortcomings where like the campaign where you had to like both see a cutscene separately before you can join each other was weird um but like it's made me a monster hunter fan for life and like introduced me to a series of games that i never knew and like it's a Monster Hunter game coming out for Switch, and I'm super excited for it. I actually need to go download the demo of it just to see what it's like. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for whatever's next. Like, I'm sure we're getting another Monster Hunter World game in a couple of years, and I'm there for it day one because this day one Capcom won me over for the Monster Hunter series. It's it's a great game. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you like it so much that's fantastic i know you don't so it's, it's not for me but that's all right <laughs> do you know what is for me cody worms worms is my number 12 game um like i it's hard for me to be more specific than that um because like a lot of the worms games are just they're pretty similar um so like i played worms armageddon on 
my Wii, no, not my Wii, my Nintendo 64, and then also I think on my PS3. Um, but if I had to pick like an actual number one favorite, it'd be Worms World Party. And that was a game that my friend Daniel had. He's the one who got me started playing Worms and grew my love of Worms here. And that one was just so much fun. It had this really fun soundtrack, um, or just theme song, really. And then it had the different um, character, cl- not like, uh, I don't know what they, you call the group. So like, there'd be the Angry Scott voices, the Russian voices, like the the redneck voices. And like, we would just play it so much that like, Daniel and I would just like randomly say like worm things in the worm voices to each other. Like we still say like, stand to the right, because... It was something in Russian that we didn't know what the words were, but it sounded like stand to the right. And so we would just say, stand to the right. Um, But like, it's just so much fun throwing crazy ass weapons out there and more often than not blowing yourself up because it doesn't go according to plan. And it's just they have some of the most inventive things ever. You know, you can have flying sheep. You've got the concrete donkey. You got banana bombs that just like explode everywhere. I just have so much fun with that game. We've got one Worms game on PS4 that we have from I don't remember which one it is, but we've played that. And I is mean, it WMD. I don't think it's WMD. WMD. Weapons. Worms of Mass Destruction. Okay. I think we need to have another Worms community night and just That's play. Fun ass game. It's so much fun. So uh, if you have, if you've never tried it. Give it, a, give it a try. Worms are, are fun, but they're addictive. Just keep that in mind. So, all right. Number 11. What have you got? So, like, we're getting close to the top 10 zone. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's getting a little hard here. So, yes, unfortunately. That's what she said. My number. Okay. My number 11 is Destiny 2. Okay. We can't talk about it yet. Can't talk about it? Okay. Your turn. Go okay. for it. Well, my number 11 is Horizon Zero Dawn. Cannot talk about it. All right. So currently we're up to four games in common. So let's see how this goes. Uh, So my... Number 10. We're into the top 10, you guys. Here it comes. Made it. And boy, were you right. There is another Pokemon game on this list. Who could have guessed? Oh my God. Which one is it? This Pokemon Diamond slash Pearl. Okay. Because um, I technically played Pope. Um, so, like, with Pokemon Ruby, it was, like, my first introduction to, like, understanding Pokemon. And then Pokemon Diamond and Pearl came along, and it was, like, that first Pokemon game that, like, I, like, made me really love Pokemon. Like, it's a Pokemon game I've played probably a hand, five times across all three games um, that were in that generation. Uh, the story was really cool because you were stopping Team Galactic and this dude wanted to open a wormhole that would destroy the planet and all the Pokemon and people and I was just like not today motherfucker <laughs> five times um, <laughs> the car- the Pokemon designs were really cool in that generation uh, I loved finding like new hidden stuff out like uh after you beat the game, you can go visit this random house in a town and like normally you would never even go into because nothing's in there. Uh, but you go into it and there's a person sleeping in a bed and you're like, well, you weren't here like a couple hours back. So you go to talk to them 
and turns out they're having nightmares and this is where you get to run into a legendary nightmare pokemon mm-hmm. and like i didn't find it out until i watched some random youtube video on it but it was super cool to find out mm-hmm. um it was the first pokemon game i actually like took my little ds and went into a gamestop because i wanted to receive a pokemon because gamestop gives out pokemon apparently um it was a blast i i love pokemon diamond pearl and platinum fuck now i want to go play it right now like i'm thinking about it and i'm like man i really want to go play that like just some like really inventive stuff in that game like in the pokemon series like gyms have like evolved into like there's usually like a almost like a puzzle mechanic to get around them and like there were some puzzle mechanics in that generation that were just like super fun to get through like i remember the water gym you had to like step on certain uh buttons on the floor to make fire hydrants pretty much stop shooting at water so you could pass like it was really cool um but yeah i this was the pokemon game that made me like i love pokemon so much so (laughs) i was really happy for it nice all right all right my number 10 is gone home so now let's talk about this fantastic game um I don't think I can talk about it, except for with some light spoilers. Um, So I'll put in the show notes where we stop talking about it, if you want to skip ahead. Um, So let me just say, like, I didn't really know anything about this game going into it, and I thought it was a horror game, because you're going around exploring this spooky house. So I was was excited for it. I was worried because, again, it's it's one of these walking simulators, and I was like, I don't know if I want to just walk around and look at things. That sounds really boring. Um, but right from the get-go, the stuff that you're picking up and the little snippets of stories that you're finding out about your family are really engaging, and you get pretty hooked in, and like you want to learn about your sister Sam and what she's been up to, and... I love the way the story unfolds because, like, you're you're finding out her relationship with with this girl, but like, you're slowly like, I, I'm like, man, I think she might be gay, and then it turns out that the whole game is just about this love story, and it's not a horror game at all, and it was just like totally blew me away, um, and then the, it takes you on this emotional roller coaster because even once you figure out that really it's about a love story, it's like oh my god, is this a tragic love story? What's happening? I don't know if I want to find out what happened and why, like, there's no one in the house right now. Um, But just, like, the emotional journey that it takes you on is so good. And it's just planned out perfectly, like, where things are hidden, how you find them, like, the doors are locked, so you have to experience stuff in a certain order to get the story told to you just right. And it's like, it was just... It was just a perfectly laid out game to convey the story in just the right way. And it just made it so emotional and so meaningful. Also, that 90s Riot Girl soundtrack was amazing because, like, I'm listening to songs that I listened to in high school. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, It's just so good. Cody, what do you want to say about Gone Home? Yeah, I was. So you recommended the game to me and like I was the same. But I was like, oh, it's a horror game. So I come down. and like I think I specifically remember like you're walking down the first hallway in the game and like a lightning hits outside and like the lights flicking you're like oh shit it's just about to go down <laughs> and even like probably like almost halfway through the game you're still like okay this is a horror story because they're sending me into the basement mm-hmm. and you're like this is where this shit's gonna happen like there's gonna be a, di- a killer down there 
Um, well, and the first thing, one of the first things you encounter is a, vo- a voicemail message on the answering machine where somebody is just frantic, yelling, like crying, something has happened. And you're like, I don't understand what's happening or why they're so upset. And so like, that is like what sets the tone for you exploring this house and trying to figure out where everybody is. So, um, and so, yeah, like you said, like, it's this love story that you don't know where it's going to go. And like, up until the end, you are like on the edge of your seat trying to figure out what's going to happen. And like, it was, it's such a beautiful game. And like, I was so happy that you recommended it to me. I, I, we, we definitely bonded over the fact that we both cried at this game. Yeah. Uh, and like, I, I can't recommend that game enough either. Like, it's really good. And like, I, yeah, it's one of those games I don't want to spoil for anybody because yeah. like, it's so good in the like ending of it you're just like this is fucking perfect like good job yeah so yeah definitely try going home if you can like it's probably really cheap somewhere just go get it play it i mean you could already have it for free uh because it's been it's been a ps plus game it's been a twitch prime game there's no telling how many ways you might have it it's coming to switch it i don't know when uh but very soon it's coming to switch so all different ways to play it definitely worth it it is so good so all right all right we're getting down to it what is number nine cody number nine for me is gears of war four okay all right this game is very important to me so it was i it was my introduction back to the series i skipped over a game called gears of war judgment just because i was kind of like it's not no like gears of war ended for me but gears of war four made me and my brother go out and get an xbox together and it's an important game to me i'm not going to spoil anything because i know you want to play it and we maybe mm-hmm. end up playing it together um it's an important game to me because it was the first game in almost probably like 15 years that my brother and i played through together like we did not play it unless we were together and i remember going over there and let's play until like two in the morning almost i'm pretty sure and like just experiencing this and like us both like like gripping the controller afraid at certain times that certain characters might die and like it's not and like we have the same plan for gears war 5 like we're gonna play that together and like it's nice to know that like my brother and i have this series to bond through you're not playing it with me i mean i love you sam we play every other game together this is Okay. This is my, my brothers. Anyone game. out there with an Xbox, I'm looking for a buddy to play Gears of War 5 with. So, you know, just let me know. Keep going, Cody. Sorry. All right. Keep going. All right. Um, yeah, and like, such a great game. Like, uh, or like, Gears of War games, obviously, are like some of my favorite, as I said earlier, by Gears of War 3. Um, so, yeah, Gears of War 4. Um, doesn't really introduce a lot of new stuff. There is some new aspects of certain things, but uh, the new enemy type that they introduce uh, is really cool. And I like that it's like a variation of the Locust. It's a game that I'm always going to remember just because my brother and I did play it together throughout. And like how stupidly tactical we were for no reason. Like I'd be like, (laughs) I got the guys on the right. You get the guys on the left. And like, um, my, one of my favorite memories is there's this like a part where you have to like run through and like there's something happening and I died like five times in a row and he's just like making it through like casually and I'm just like, God damn it, what's going on? 
and him yelling at me like jokingly <laughs> and like it was just such a fun time and like I'll always love Gears of War 4 just for that like just being the game we bonded over so yeah nice yeah all right so my number nine is Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning and I've talked about Can't this talk game about it. have you played it no I'm just fucking with you go okay. for it I was like, wait a minute. How <laughs> you got not... really excited, but also very confused. You're I was like, like, how do I not you... know this? <laughs> okay, go. All right, Kingdom good one. Um, yeah, so this is uh, kind of, in my mind, the, the perfect open-world fantasy RPG game. Um, because, like, the world is just the right size. As you're wandering around, you run into enemies just enough to keep it interesting so that it's not boring while you're walking around. You have some super fun weapons. You've got these, you can, okay. So you can pick any kind of weapon regardless of like what class you are. So it's not like, oh, you're a soldier, you can't do magic or all oh, your mage, you can't like use a sword. You just pick up whatever kind of weapon you want and then you do that magic. You can pick up robes and a staff and focus on your magic or you can get like big heavy um, metal armor and like a, a big ax and like be like a, tank if you want to um and it's really fun there's a i guess there's a good story i don't always remember all of the story very well because you know sometimes i'm just like yeah whatever i'm just playing to have fun um but there is this character named aelin sheer and she's like the most attractive character in video game history pretty much in my mind she's like this elf and like, I spent the majority of the game not really knowing if she was a good guy or a bad guy, but I didn't care. I was going to be on her side regardless. Like, whatever she wanted me to do, I would do it. Um, so I liked her very much. And it's just, it's just a fun game. It's gorgeous. You're in this fantasy world where, like, plants glow different colors. You've got fairy magic. Um, just, like... And the, the soundtrack's really good, too. It's just a world I, I love being in. And, like, I went back a couple months ago and played some more of it again. And I'm like, you know what? This this holds up. This is still a fantastic game. I don't remember how long ago it came out. But it's still, like, I would rather play this than any type of, like, Elder Scrolls or something like that. So I loved it. Alrighty. Cody, it's time for number eight. Uh, so my number eight is Red Dead Redemption. Okay. So you probably heard me talk about it in the past couple of weeks, how like I love this game. Um, I'm not a big Western dude. Like was never like into them. Like never watched any growing up really. So that's Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Good, good movie. It's a good movie. Um, not really, but I mean, it's, it's a personal favorite. Okay. Um, <laughs> the story of John Marston, uh, I did not play... Red Dead Revolver? Never played it. So don't know anything about that. But the story that going on with John Marston in this game uh, is one of my favorites. Um, it's like going through and like reuniting with your old gang and then having to end up, they betray you and like what you end up having to do to your old friends pretty much uh, in that game is pretty heartbreaking. Um, and this game in general is pretty heartbreaking. Like uh, once again, spoiler alert for a game that's super fucking old, so please skip forward like a minute. Um, John Marston like ends up returning home, and he is home for maybe like a day, and he goes outside, and 
the guy who sent him out to stop his old gang is there with all his buddies and they mow down John Marston in what is like the first time I've seen the video game hero die and I, I was like no I'm fine I'm fine and like you're given the opportunity to use Deadeye against them so like you're like trying to get them all with one Deadeye shot and like you're like I only got six charges is this fuck um and like I thought that was where they were ending it and I was like these motherfuckers they really did it like oh my god uh only for like the game to like seem to end and you come back and you're John Marston's son and you go out for revenge and oh my god when I tell you I love a revenge story <laughs> I love a revenge story and this was like the ultimate revenge story so I went out and I brutally murdered these people like one dude was just in the middle of the town and they're like you should probably like get him away from everybody <laughs> so you don't cause a scene nope rode up on my, my horse boom and I made sure that fucker was dead in the streets um, Cody does not play uh, how much of the game do you get to play? Like, how long do you play for, as his son? It's the last, like, hour, hour and a half, okay. really. Um, I never got to really play the... Uh, they had, like, a kind of, like, expansion almost where, like, it was, like, Undead Redemption uh, and, like, where everything was a zombie. Okay. I never really got to mess with that. And I wish I would have. But, like, uh, I remember that game coming out. My friends and I just, like, freaking out about how great it was. Uh, how we would just like go for really like I wasn't even trying to like 100% the game because I played on Xbox 360, so there's no platinums. Yeah, it was just get trophies, but like it was just kind of like bragging rights almost to get yeah. certain trophies. So mm -hmm. like there was a trophy to kill a black bear with just the Bowie knife, and it's you pretty much had to like swipe at the bear, dodge roll, hope it didn't hit you, Bowie knife it. Dodge roll. Hope it didn't hit you because the bear fucking like claws like 20 miles <laughs> in front of it. Um, I died probably like 20 times to that bear before I finally <laughs> killed it. Um, there was like some special breed of horse that was only available in the mountains at like certain times of the day. And I waited like four hours just so I could catch this stupid horse to get an achievement. <laughs> but like I love that game and like I know, like, a couple weeks back, I was like, I'm not really excited for Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, it's whatever, really. I really should stop saying things on podcasts because they end up becoming untrue. I'm really excited for Red Dead Redemption 2. I want to get on a horse and go do stuff. <laughs> um, this movie made me go see... The movie was called True Grit. Um, it was... Uh, and I remembered it only because our friend Andy reminded me, but also because I was like... Why does the name Rooster Cockburn sound so fucking familiar? That's the name of a character in that movie. Is Rooster I feel Cockburn. Bad for that guy. So, Red Dead Redemption is just such a good like I love revenge stories and like this was like the ultimate revenge story in a game. Like you were doing revenge stuff as Don Marston and then when he dies, it's it's his son. And I was like, This this was amazing. Like after the credits roll, I was like I really love this. Like, oh my god. I never could get into the multiplayer. Um, yeah. But I'm excited to try and get into the multiplayer for Red Dead 2 because it seems like it'll be a lot different. So, Red Dead Redemption, super amazing game. Nice. Alrighty. My number eight is Titanfall 2. Um, I never played Titanfall 1, but I, I got this game and I started the campaign 
And I just fell in love with it right away because, you know, I like moving fast and shooting that feels good. And this game has all of that. You can run on walls. You've got like a good like double jump with some little air jets on your boots. You've got a grapple gun that you can use to like get up on high places. So you can just like zip around a map so quickly. And it's so much fun. Like I feel like the movement is pretty much my like my favorite thing in this game except like the shooting is is fantastic as well um it's one of my top two shooters of all time just as far as how good it feels to to shoot the guns um and like you know titanfall is all about the titans which are these big mech suits that you get to use to like you know be a powerful badass you just step on people you've got heavy duty guns that just mow things down um but that's probably my least favorite part of Titanfall 2 because like I'm happiest when I'm just running around outside of my mech suit, uh, running on walls, shooting people with my gun, having fun like that. Um, I mean, I love the multiplayer and I, I mean, I still play it to this day. Like I just jump in a match and just have fun regardless, even if I'm losing, as long as like I'm getting some kills in and having a good time, it's all all right. Um, but this campaign, it's, it's pretty short but it's a fantastic campaign. And you've got your mech suit who has a personality, he's an AI, and I mean, he'll talk to you about stuff and you guys do stuff together. And there's just like really some emotional moments with this, with this Titan. Like this game made me cry because of something that happened with, with my buddy BT. Uh, that's, that's the name of my mech suit guy. And it's just, it's just so good. Like, I didn't expect, like, a game like this to have something in it that would make me cry. Like, I didn't think I would get that emotionally invested in this. But it's just well-crafted all around. And I, like, I'm happy that people are still playing Titanfall 2. Because, like, I can still get into games. Sometimes it takes a while. Um, but I desperately hope that there is going to be a Titanfall 3. Because it's just, it's too much fun to let it just stop. So... Pretty sure they confirmed Titanfall 3. Um, you would think a game that I've bought in three times would be on my top 25 list, but it's not. That's um, okay. That just means you're a good friend. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, for number seven, right? Number seven. My number seven is World of Warcraft. I knew this was um, coming at some point. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a game that, like, I've returned to many times throughout the years, and I've probably lost a couple years in that world. <laughs> um, so like, I really dived deep into World of Warcraft at some point in high school when the Cataclysm expansion came out. Um, and that was when I became like a serious raider, where I did all the raids that were coming out with a, a guild I was in um, called Uncommon Sense. Because for some reason that was a funny name for us. It's pretty funny. I'll give it that. Um, and like the friends I made in that game and the friends I've made even past it uh, have been amazing. Uh, and it's such a rich, vibrant world where there's multiple stories that you can just like get sucked into. Like there's the story of Arthas, who is the Lich King, and how he sacrificed his entire life so that in an attempt to save the world from uh, the undead. There's Illidan, who thought he was making the right choice for the woman he loved, and he became a demon. Uh, uh, just so many amazing stories in that game. 
Uh, I go back to it pretty much every expansion. I think this is like the first expansion I haven't gone back to with the Battle for Azeroth. Uh, I think I eventually will go back to it. Just right now, it's not what I need. My brother and I play it together, so it's always fun when we get to do stuff in that game. We leveled characters up together for a very long time. Uh, it's where I got my D&D character name. Uh, Ursarok is my uh, orc shaman. Half orc. Um, oh, no, Ursarok in... Oh, Warcraft okay. Oh, okay. is an orc shaman. Oh my god, um, can he be like your ancestor in the sure. in our D&D campaign? Sure. Um, so Ursarok was made back in 2014 and I still play him, so it's been four wow. years and like um, and I remember when I first started playing Warcraft, I thought like I had to have my name and everything, so my nickname used to be Teets, because my last name is Teetrick, so you uh, pretty much all my characters were Teets something. So I think my first character was a druid, and it was Teets is druid. <laughs> and I was like, that's a cool name for a character. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually I was like, I should probably get a little bit more original with my names. That's where like Ursarok came from. Nice. Um, Warcraft is just so much fun. Like you can lose so much time in that like world and like man, I kind of want to go play it now. But I'm like, no, don't do it. Like, you got games coming. You need to, up, you need to play yeah. for Warcraft. Not what you need right now. Um, yeah, it's, I love that universe. And, like, it's super cool to know they're still going strong. And I will always know I can go back to it and have fun in it. So World of Warcraft is definitely has a place in my heart forever. Yeah. For the Horde. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, my number seven is Rezogun. Now, you may... I'm shocked this is not higher up. You, you may have heard me talk about this game previously and how much I love it, how obsessed I am with it, how I just kind of want to play it all the time. And I kind of still do just want to play it, but, you know, I've, I've taken my time away. I'm, like, trying to, like, do other things. It's fine. But that draw is still there. Like, I still feel it. I have this this panic that like the longer I spend away from it, I'll go back to it and I won't be as good at it anymore. Obviously I'm not as good at it as I was when I got the platinum because I was playing it so hard all the time, trying to get these hard difficulties done. Um, so I was like, I was at my peak Resogun life right there. And now like if I went, tried to go back into experienced and try to like beat it, I feel like it, it would take like, a really long time to practice harder again to get back up to to where I need to be and it's just this game is just so fun it's so fun so addicting it's got great music the visuals are beautiful while you're flying around blowing stuff up and it's just like a real simple game to play um hard to master on the harder difficulties but it's just I don't know why it's so addictive but I love it and I can still play it like just at any time Anytime I can jump in there. So, I don't know. My, my lifelong addiction. So. <laughs> All right. What is number six? Number six for me is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, which I don't think we can talk about yet. No, we're going to have to wait for that one. But right. that is our fifth in common game 
and I am super confident of one other that's going to be on both of our lists. So I'm feeling real good about my number six prediction that we have six games in common. So uh, my number six game is New Super Mario Brothers. Now, this was the game that came out on the Wii, and I'll say it was revolutionary because in this game, you could have four players playing on the screen at the same time, and it was the most amazing, beautiful chaos that there ever was. Um, it is so much fun. I had some of the best times just playing with people. And a lot of times it was with my sister and she's like a really good sport. You know, she'll be like, all right, yeah, let's play some games. But like, she's not really into games. She doesn't care. She's not great at them. So like, she'd have a lot of trouble. And so a lot of the time I would just like pick her character up and carry her because that's something that you can do in New Super Mario Brothers. You could pick them up and carry them. Uh, But I would often accidentally like let her go or accidentally throw her at the wrong time and like throw her (laughs) to her death. It was horrible. Um, But this is just, I don't, I don't even know. They just had like a pure gem on their hands with this game. It is so much fun. You get the Yoshis, The Yoshis can eat, like, anything. They eat a fireball and spit back out an even bigger fireball. It's just so amazing. This game, like, I, if I have anyone over, like, I would play it right now. Like, I never, like, don't want to play that game. Except, like, sometimes my hands will get sore because the controllers are, you know, not, not the most comfortable or ergonomic or whatever. But that game is just... Like one of the best, the absolute best New Year's Eve I ever spent was I had my sister and my friends Daniel and Holly over and we just played New Super Mario Brothers all night long. And it was so much fun. So, I don't know. It's just a great time. I agree with you. You described it as a wonderfully beautiful chaos. Yes. I agree with one of those words. It is chaos. It's true. Uh-oh. I've tried playing that game and I get really frustrated because people jump on your head and they knock you off the level and you die. And I stopped <laughs> playing that game there. Well, you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess. But, all right, we are getting down to the wire. It's the top five. Cody, what is number five? My number five. It's Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay, okay. Alright. Horizon Zero Dawn was my game of the year last year. There's something about a character who is like an outsider um, and who has to like work to prove themselves that I just really love in stories. So Aloy being this outsider who like it's like pushed the entire game. It's just like she's not welcome in this group. Like how like it's embarrassing that we have to rely on her and stuff like that um and i love that element of it uh and like guerrilla games made some amazing characters in this game uh and like this world that they're living in is so fresh even though it's just our world but in the future um and i think as the story unfolds and as you learn more about what happened to this world uh and like that moment where you find out everything that happened and like what's been going on like it is just jaw-dropping how great 
of a reveal it is. And it's another game where like I don't want to ruin what the mm-hmm. like spoiler is. I'm sure you can put two and two together and like figure it out, but like experience this game for what it is because like the build up to it is amazing feeling. Like you're like oh my god, like we're learning like a little bit here and a little bit there, and like the combat feels amazing. Like not only does the bow feel good, but like being sneaky and like upgrading your abilities where you can like use your staff to stab in the stuff like that feels really good um the parkour you can do like where you're just climbing up stuff like Mm -hmm. and getting advantage angles on certain uh monsters or robots uh is really good and like i really love that game aloy is such an amazing character uh i can't wait to see where they go next with her and i can't wait to see the future of the Horizon Zero Dawn uh, universe. What do you think, Sam? Yes, well, obviously, I like this game a lot. I think Aloy is fantastic, as you might guess, since I named my cat Aloy. Um, but yeah, this this game, it's so well-written. Like, it's just unbelievable, every little part of it. So you've got your main Aloy story that you're following along, and all of that is is great. It's very emotional. It gets you hooked. You want to know what happened. Um, but even just the little things, like you'll be out exploring the world and you'll find just like this random data log left over from before the apocalypse happened. And it'll be some really stupid thing, like an inner office memo where like a couple of employees are talking about something and one of them will be real snarky to the other about something. And it's just like, it it cracks you up because it's just like totally random. It has no effect on your gameplay right now or what's happening right now. It's just like this perfect little snapshot of how real people were at this time in the world. Um, And I loved finding stuff like that out in the environment and, and finding these stories. I think I've said previously, like one of my absolute favorite things about this game was you collect these uh, viewpoints where you go to locations, you get them. And like, when you pick them up, uh, there's a recording where a guy is like kind of recounting something. And like, you don't really know what it is because like you're picking them up out of order. But then once you get all of them, you put them together and you go into your like journal and there's like a pretty long data entry for each one. And as you're reading through it, you realize that all of these recordings are um, this guy who's like writing to his mother who's who's passed away already and the world is about to end and it's just like all the things that he wants to say to her for how much you know she meant to him in his life and it's just like i i've i've never cried as hard as i cried in a video game from reading that passage right there because it's just so well crafted and again these are this story has nothing to do with Aloy nothing to do with what's happening right now it's just here are real people who are dealing with the end of the world and it just like gets your emotions so well so if you're if you've played it I highly recommend going and getting all of those viewpoints so that you can go read the story in order don't read any of them until you have all of them so you can read it all together in order um but yeah it's fantastic the combat is just spectacular. When I first heard about this game, it was like, you're fighting robot dinosaurs with a bow and arrow. And I was like, hell yeah, sign me up. Um, and a lot of times bow and arrows in video games can be not feeling the, that great. Like it can be pretty awkward, um, but they've got the feel of drawing the, the bowstring back and, and letting it fly. They've got it 
perfect and it feels really good to shoot that. You get different types of arrows for different situations. You've got flame arrows um, that you can use on like ice monsters and then you've got ice arrows that you can use on like flame monsters. Uh, you've got these uh, corruption arrows that you can do to infect a machine and make it turn on its brethren and attack its its fellow pack mates. Um, and one thing that I just really loved about this game was like, I started off and I had my, my combat down, like the way I wanted to play. I'm like, this is how I do it. It's fine. And then like, I would run into a, a machine that I just, I couldn't beat that way. And then I'd have to learn to fight a different way in order to get through it. And it's like, wow, okay, this rope caster is amazing, actually, because I can, like, tie enemies down and then, like, take care of its buddies while it's tied down. It'll be fine. And, like, I just hadn't used it before. I was like, I don't need this. It's stupid until, like, you find the point where you really need it. And you're like, oh, this is amazing. And there's so many different weapons that work that way where once you, like, figure out the proper use for it, you're like, oh, okay. Um, you can take your blast traps and do like 15 of them right in the same spot and then you just lure that thunderjaw to walk across it and it's an insta-kill and like those thunderjaw battles could last like 10 or 15 minutes if you were fighting it normally with like your bows and arrows um so i love that it just like pushes you to play in a different way that you might not have thought of um the world is the character creations and like just the scenery and everything is gorgeous. It's so well put together. The soundtrack is amazing. All of the voice acting is amazing. They do not skimp on their NPCs. Like all the characters you encounter have a personality and they're, they're developed and they feel very real and like you care about them. So all of that is super well done. Um, I just loved it. Again, it was it was my game of the year last year as well. It's just such a good game. So, yeah. Agree on that ropecaster because uh, it was like second to last big boss battle you get to do. And I was like, oh, I should probably try this thing out. I've never used it. So handy. Horizon uh, Zero Dawn also has one of the best photo modes. I took a lot of photos in that game, like just setting up cool shots that I could do, and it was a lot of fun. So yeah. Yeah, and um, Horizon Zero Dawn, I say, is the first Platinum that I ever actually earned. Because, like I was saying, like a Telltale game doesn't count because I didn't yeah. have to work for it. Like, I worked for this one and got it. So, so yeah. Whew. All righty. Oh. Um, so, I just talked a lot, but now... Oh, I don't think I get to talk because my number five is Overwatch. Nope. And that gets number six of our uh, games that we both have. So we'll see. I feel like you're uh, right on the money there. I know. Um, all right. So my number four, Friday the 13th, the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know what I can say about this game that I haven't said a million times. Um, it's upside down, but this game reignited my love for horror and reignited my love for the Friday the 13th series that I've had since I was a kid. And it's like, I pride myself on being a good Jason. Like I pride myself on the seven out of eights or seven out of sevens and eight out of eights. You're a very good Jason. Um, yeah. Um, I am tremendously sad that it's not going to get any more updates. I would love to have gotten Jason X and the map for Jason X. Uh, but what's in the game, I, I love, I love going back to it every now and then. Just playing a couple games. Just it's 
an amazing story of a game that was on Kickstarter and they're not a very big team and like they've done their best and like yeah the launch was rough but like that game is amazing and like we're about to get dedicated servers in there and like it's bittersweet because like it's not getting any more updates but it's still an amazing game and i've loved every time i step into it we've had amazing times in there with just me and you we're just like our friends uh and yeah it made me love a series again and i owe a lot to that game yeah like i just i talk about it all the time because it's it's so much fun to me like it's such a good game um i'm getting real i'm getting a little choked up thinking yeah, about that's yeah, not getting updates it's it's really um, sad what happened to it so but yeah just it's always gonna be one of my favorite games of all time and i'm i'm glad i get to carry it with me forever yeah yeah. All right. So my number four is Destiny 2. So now we can talk about that one. This game, man, I I loved it from the moment I first played the beta. The first intro mission was just so emotional and so well done. Um, I've played it, let's see, three, four, five, six. I've played it. Oh no, uh, I've played it nine times now because I played it three times in the beta, three times on PS4, twice on PC, and once on Xbox. And every time I play it, I still get choked up because it's just like, I mean, I wasn't even super invested in Destiny 1, but like I know these characters and I care about them and like it gets to me. And just the way that the Destiny writers put this story together the way the music swells at just the right time, the kind of pensive music when you are following the the bird in the mountains by yourself. Um, it's just, it's so incredibly well-crafted that it, it gets me every time. Um, but that's not enough to, to be a, a full game, you know? And I, I just love everything that has come afterwards. Like, I don't have... The problems that some people have had with the way Destiny 2 does stuff. Um, partially because, like, I don't remember what Destiny 1 was like, so I'm happy with what I've got. Um, Destiny 2, like, that one and Titanfall 2 are the best shooters of all time, I feel. Uh, I think Destiny 2 is probably better. Um, I have so much fun just going in there and doing a crystal match here or there. Uh, just every time a new DLC comes out where I get new story, I'm super excited. I'm a little bit nervous about the new annual pass that might mean that there's not story missions coming in the future. But like this whole Solstice of Heroes event has kind of like changed my mindset around Destiny 2. Because when I first saw it and saw all of the stuff that I had to do, all the grinding I had to do, I was a little pissed off and I was like, Fuck you, Destiny. Why you gotta make this so hard? Um, and there were tasks that I didn't think I would be able to complete. But then, you know, what Destiny does, like, they give you a month to do this. And then they're like, oh, so you're having trouble getting your super kills in Crucible. Okay, well, let's put Mayhem as the Crucible uh, uh, 
type that you can play this week. And in Mayhem, your supercharge is like every 10 or 15 seconds. So pretty much all you get in that is super kills. So then like once that's there, it's like, oh, I play four matches and I've got all the super kills in Crucible that I need. Um, and then like there's a requirement if you want to get your masterwork where you have to get your Valor rank up to Legendary. And I'm like, you've got to play a lot of Crucible matches to do that. Oh, but like they've been having double XP weekends and now they're having a triple XP weekend this weekend to to help you get up there. So like they're giving you tools to get it done. Um, and just playing this game with friends is so much fun. Um, I, you know, I play with Cody constantly. We've got our two Guardian series, which I mean, that's that's my favorite series that we've ever done because we're it's so much fun. We're role-playing these characters and we have to stay in character. And this is never something that I thought I would want to do or like be capable of doing as long as we've done it. Um, when Destiny first came out, when Destiny 2 was coming out and we're like, man, we want to do a series. And people were like, well, everyone's going to be doing a Destiny 2 series. Are you really going to do something like worthwhile? And we're like, what can we do? Because, you know, we're going to play it. We want to do it. So we just decided to do this i think maybe we joked about it at first but then we're like no yeah let's do it and it's just so much fun to get into character and like not know what you're gonna say and then like something cracks me up and i'm like okay gotta gotta not laugh too much though gotta do my fake giz laugh um but it's just like the most fun that i ever have i still i go back and watch our two guardians episodes and i'm just like god like probably nobody else enjoys this as much as we do but like it's just one yeah, of my probably favorite things. probably not um oh um, i you were saying that and uh the first season of two guardians where we got to titan and there was a jumping part and you were on your warlock still and you kept falling and I think you fell like 20 times. And like, I remember laughing so hard. I was biting my tongue, trying not to laugh, but I was still stifling. So I had to turn the mic off and I was just cackling. And you were like, you should probably just go on without me. And like in character, Red would not do that. So I was like, no, no, like it's fine. Like, and I'm like, still like laughing. Like I joined destiny one at the very tail end. So like, I'm with you on the whole, like, yeah when we hopped over like i didn't have as many problems like i it sucked that like i felt like i didn't have content eventually to do mm -hmm. in between uh curse of osiris and uh, the original release um but like warmind i feel is amazing because warmind introduced so much stuff to do and like this lead up to forsaken has introduced so much for us to do together mm -hmm. um still one of my favorite times is when we got the uh, people together and like we try to do a raid and it took us like four hours to do one part of the raid but it was fun for me because like it was just we were there with friends i know you probably hated it um it but... was fun for a while until i reached my limit and i was like oh my god i want to leave I but like... i don't want to let the team so, like... down this is horrible story time for a quick second so we did i was having raiding 101 where i was helping people get through the raid because i had done it a couple times and yeah. i was like i can help people get through the raid so we were doing the dogs in leviathan and like it's one of the more challenging ones just because you have to like get a good rotation of flowers to get the power up um and like we were just having a rough go of it and like we kept dying and dying and dying it took like four hours but every couple seconds i would just stop and be like cody's rating less than 101 
when you get really angry, just turn your mic off and yell fuck a lot. It really helps. And like, I would just come up with stupid stuff. Yeah. And like, after four hours, we only killed one boss, technically. I was happy with that. I was like, whatever. Um, and like. Well, and shout out to our raiding buddies, because like, it was you and me. <laughs> And then we had Megs and Byron and then Alejandro and Eric. And yes. like everybody was so nice and just so wonderful. Cause like, you know, you're like, ooh, toxic gamers getting mad about stuff. And like, we didn't have that at all. And we died so many times in the dog section. And like, you would think people would be getting mad and be like, why did you die? You screwed us up, you know? But like every time, so, like it's sometimes it would be someone's fault and they'd be like oh man i'm sorry that was my fault and everybody would be like oh man it's it's cool it's no problem it happens because like the next time it would be someone else who who died and caused it and everybody was just so supportive and so friendly about it so it was like the greatest group to be with um but yeah no i just i had like a little panic attack so i'm like oh my god i just <laughs> i need to stop but i don't want to break up the group i feel horrible right now um but yeah I, I was like afraid i was like never gonna play destiny again after that but then things calmed down and we're gonna try that raid again now that we're super overpowered for the first raid i'm ready to go back in and try it again so um yeah like we're on like we're almost too forsaken and i am so excited mm -hmm. like i i wish i could have ranked destiny too higher but like there's just these games yeah. that i have a very like a passion for yeah um and I'm so excited for Forsaken. I'm so excited to dive in. I just finished doing all three of my characters, Solstice of Heroes armor, just so I could get a stupid fucking ship that I talked shit about like two weeks back. Um, but I love the world of Destiny. Um, I'm so excited to get in there and see what's new. And like, Two Guardians has been my, it's also one of my favorites. Um, just the stupid planning we come up with, like season two being about how like, we despise each other over a stupid thing and how we have to become friends again in order to stop the, uh, the Vex and like just the weird planning we go into it. Like I, I, I could recommend any of our series. It would definitely be two guardians just because yeah. we do have three seasons of it. Um, and I'm excited for what we have planned for season four. Yeah. It'll be great. Um, uh, but yeah, but yeah. So like, and like, I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm done with the content. Like, what else is there for me to do? And then Solstice of Heroes taught me that I haven't been doing adventures. There's, like, tons of adventures around, and they're, like, little story missions, and they have, like, a fun little story to them. I'm like, why haven't I yeah. been playing adventures? These are fantastic. So now, like, I have something else to do to go back and do all of that. And, um, you know, we've got our, our Geek Heart Guardians that we play with on PS4, uh, but then now I got it on PC because my friend Jessica from Bitch Team Alpha, uh, she only has a PC, so I could never play any games with her. And so when Humble Bundle, I know, she needs to get a PS4. When Humble Bundle had Destiny 2 for 12 bucks, I was like, hey, if you think you might like this, I'll get it with you and we can play it. And so she got it and like, she fucking loves Destiny 2. So we've been playing a ton of that. So like, I just keep bouncing back and forth between like PS4 and PC and playing stuff. And there's just like so much for me to do and I love it. And, like, I just, I don't know, I can't get enough of Destiny. Like, I thought Solstice of Heroes was going to piss me off and I wouldn't want to do all the work. But now I'm like, okay, but I want to, like, now I'm going to get some masterwork. And, like, maybe I can get a second masterwork on a piece. So, like, 
I don't know. We'll see how many of these legendary armor pieces I can masterwork. I think the I think it'll be two because like I don't I don't know about <laughs> these prestige raids and stuff like that. That's gonna be too hard. Uh, and also like I've just playing through Destiny two in all of my time with it. I've become a better gamer and like I can see that as I'm playing because like used to be the Destiny's two story missions like I would not be able to play them by myself like I'd reach a point and I would just keep dying and I would get really frustrated and I'd have to stop and like now like I can do I can go through stuff and do it by myself and like I can like I was just doing a meditation the other day and I'm like oh this mission I remember when I tried to do this by myself previously and got so mad because I couldn't and now I'm like doing it pretty easily I mean also I'm pro I'm a much higher power level but still like I play sm I know how to play smarter um so it's just like I love that this is a game where I can see that I've grown and I just I don't know I just I can't get enough of it I love it and I hope it continues to bring us really great content for a very long time um when Destiny 3 rolls around I am excited because at the beginning of Destiny 2, it's it would have this little slideshow and it's like, here are all the things you did in Destiny 1 with your previous character if you brought it over. And here is the date that you did it and the friends that you did it with. And I didn't have any friends that I did stuff with in Destiny 1. And like, I didn't even know that was a thing until I was talking about it later with other people. And they're like, yeah, it shows your friends. And then I just felt real lonely after that. So with <laughs> Destiny 2, like all the major stuff, like we've been sure to like play with friends when you're like finishing something for the first time. Um, and so just so just so when Destiny 3 pops around, we'll, we'll be able to see who we did stuff with and remember, yeah, I was with my buddies there. We did this together. And just like the tagline of Destiny is like, I don't know what it is, but it always is like, like, this is your destiny. Like, this is your story. And it's just like, they do a great job of making you feel like that. So I love it. It's great. So, all right. Agreed. <laughs> that was a lot about Destiny too. I guess yeah. we really like it. <clears throat> all right, we're on to number three. Let's go. How very fitting. That number three is Halo 3 for me. Um, Halo 3 is the game that made me feel like I am a gamer. Um, I got an Xbox 360 just for it uh, because my brother got tired of me using his all the time. Um, and I made so many amazing friends to that game. Uh, I was part of a clan called Team Method uh, in Halo 3. Um, it's the first esport I ever watched. Uh, it was Halo Three. Um, I was a diehard uh, team uh, Team Instinct fan, um, and I just that game will always hold a very special place in my heart. Um, if they could remaster it, uh, like how they try to do with the Master Chief Collection, but actually make it good. Um, oh snap! And people came back to that game i would go back to it in a heartbeat uh it's the campaign was amazing the multiplayer was outstanding um it is like the pinnacle for shooters for me uh just it's it made, it's the reason i eventually went to destiny was because i trusted bungie and granted those are they're two different eras of bungie um but like it's a game that changed my life forever because it made me a gamer 
and I owe a lot to Halo 3. Like, I would not be here if not for that game. And so I'm always going to be... I'm always going to be happy that the Master Chief is my friend. There he is. He's holding up a little Funko Pop of Master Chief. Yeah. Uh, nice. For you audio listeners. Um, so yeah, Halo 3. An amazing game. I'm very happy. That's is, in my life. Is Halo 3 the one that I played and didn't care for? I can't remember. I, I think so. I played one of them. You played one of them and I, you were like, I don't like it. And I was like... <sighs> That was the end but of anyways. our friendship. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we're not, we're we're not friends anymore. anymore. We're just colleagues. We started this so we figured we'd stick it yeah. out. But yeah. <laughs> All right. My number three is butterfly soup. Cody, do you know what butterfly soup is? Never heard of this game before, have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> uh, this is a visual novel. Uh-huh. It's about four Asian American teenage women. Who, oh, really? Yeah. And they're like just coming of age and finding out about their sexuality. And that's pretty cool. It's it's fantastic. Um, it's it's got such I know, I know, because I've given Cody so much shit for like <laughs> forever. Cause I've told him to play it and he still never played it. It's fine. It's okay. I know he would love it, but it's fine. Um I've talked about this a lot previously. It's such a good game. Uh, the characters are great. The story is fun. It's one of those fun and frisky, like I like to say. Um, but I just love seeing like a representation of lesbian, bisexual, whatever, queer, like teenage girls coming of age. Cause like, that's like my story in high school, you know, like I can see similarities from my life in this. And it's just, it's great to see that represented. Uh, it always gives you a little bit of nostalgia for for like your own life, um, and again, like it's just so much fun. These characters, like I would want to hang out and like play video games or play board games with these characters and just have a good time. Um, it's a it's a free game on itch.io. It's called Butterfly Soup. If you have any interest, I mean, it's only like a couple hours to get through it, so I mean, why not? You know, really. It's worth it. It's yeah, a good why game. not? I love it. It's so sweet. Um, I recommend it. What can I say that I haven't said already? <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah. We are getting down to it. Number two, Cody. Uh, so my number two game, as much as I credit Halo 3 for where I am today, um, had Overwatch not come out, I would definitely not be where I am today without it. Um, neither of us would be yeah uh, through Overwatch is how I met Sam mm-hmm. um, and through Overwatch is how I started making video content with talking games um, and like this game is amazing in so many ways like diverse characters uh, how fun it is to play each character uh, just the story that Overwatch has built in such a little time and like everything is done and like all the friendships I've made through this game and all the videos I've made with this game. Like I had a series where I just talked about characters and how good they were. Uh, I had a series where I played through competitive overwatch changed my life. And I'll always be grateful to blizzard for it. Um, I would not cry here. Um, <laughs> I would not be friends with Sam if not for this game. 
Yep. And I treasure our friendship so much. Um, fuck. Uh, it's okay. It's alright. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Did I ever? Did I ever tell you about this? How like when we first became friends, and like we would we would play online together, and then also like you play with the broken thumbsticks guys, and like like I was just like yeah no it's cool it's like he hangs out with me had to have something to do until his real friends like come online you know, and then it was just like this this monumental moment the day that I finally realized and felt like oh no he's playing with me because like he likes me because like we're friends it's not just like <laughs> something to do until he goes to his other friends like we're the friends and i was just like oh my god that that moment made my heart swell so big um but yeah it just like we just grew together playing overwatch in the evenings you know and it was just like i don't know it's just so weird how you kind of casually make friends with someone uh, because we we were playing together on with talking games one day. Um, the extra, extra, extra life. life. Yeah, and like that was like my first time to ever actually play with strangers online, and I was super nervous about it. Um, and like we didn't know anything about each other, and like this this will sound weird, okay? But like I kind of have this belief that sometimes your soul just like knows when another like soul is out there and like you get to be friends with the people who later you find out like yeah we have all this in common we're super compatible like it's just like it, it makes sense that we're there's this, this good of friends but like when you first are drawn to that person like you don't you don't see that you're just like yeah this is just something you know hey it's a new person that i've met whatever um but it's like there's there's something in the background like guiding you to the people that you need in your life and like i kind of feel like that's what happened with us um because like all the things like as we get to know each other better and better over the years i'm like yeah that's like it's like perfect that we're friends this way and like so many times we'll just like one of us will message the other person and be like oh i was just writing that exact same message to you or like we're posting things and we're posting the exact same thing it's like we're, we're really in sync sometimes we're not but sometimes we are and it's just like man i don't know we just we're lucky that we found each other and okay we're getting a little off course getting real emotional about about uh, us so, but i mean this is about overwatch that brought us yeah. together so let's talk about um, how great overwatch is just in general aside from everything else because you know it's it's a good game in its own right uh um, yeah it's very welcoming to different types of gamers like you don't have to be a like hardcore first person shooter to come play and have fun in overwatch it's got different characters who play different ways to make it easy for people to to jump in there and I mean, there's a learning curve. Like, I didn't like Overwatch when I first played it. It took me a while to get used to it and find characters that I could have fun playing as. Um, but once I did, like, I just got hooked. And, like, I'll be away from Overwatch for a very long time. Like, it'll be months that I haven't played Overwatch. And then I come back, and it's it's always like coming home. It's like, yep, this is, this is the spot for me. This is a good time that I always know is waiting for me. Um, and it's just like the this the background stories, the cinematics, the comics that they make for this game 
are just so good. Like, this isn't a game where you get the story very much in-game. It's all kind of out of the game. But they put such care into it and making it something deep and impactful that it just... Man, everything... Again, this is a game where, like, everything they do is, is just top-notch. Like, they invest everything they can to make it a fun experience for everyone. Um, Cody, what else do you want to say? Yeah, like, I remember, like, when this was announced at BlizzCon and just, like, instantly falling in love with the art style and, like, the characters and, like, slowly learning more and more and, like, seeing alpha footage and be like, this is my game. Like, mm -hmm. I know this is going to be a game I love. And so when it came out, like, I was all in. Like, I was like, yep, this is Overwatch. And, like, same year it came out, my house flooded uh, August of that year. And when I did get to play video games during that time, like Overwatch was that game and like Overwatch got me through a lot of stuff. Um, and like during like the rebuilding of my house, like Overwatch was there for me to play. And like my proudest moment was staying up until like three in the morning one time and hitting masters in competitive Overwatch. And like it's not even the highest level like grandmasters is but like on ps4 like it's so hard to get up there without using keyboard and mouse so like i was incredibly proud that like i got two masters like it's one of my like shining moments in uh, video game history and like every character they introduce feels fresh and like really cool and like it's amazing to learn more about these characters like the cinematic that came out last year for Reinhardt and Reinhardt is my favorite character. Like he is just, just big German fucking tank. And like, I love him. <laughs> um, and like that cinematic, like when I say I get the goosebumps a lot, when the entire trailer is giving me goosebumps, there's something going on. Yeah. Um, I love that trailer so much and I can't wait to see what they announce this year. There's a lot of stuff being rumored and I'm, I'm excited for it. So, yeah. Yeah, and just also they've got Overwatch League now, which is what has gotten me into esports. And actually Overwatch League is what pulled me back into Overwatch after I had been away for a very long time. So it's just like, I love that there is good stuff happening around this game. And hopefully it's going to continue for a very long time because it's great. So, alrighty. Uh, my number two is Hellblade. Um... Now, when we talk about Hellblade, um, I, I think I'm going to have to spoil it to really get into what all it means to me. Like, okay. I think we've, yeah, we've done a good I'll, job of not spoiling certain games. So. Yeah, but this one, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I can. So I'll, I'll put in the show notes like where to skip to so that you don't have to listen to any of it. Um, because this is a game where you really don't want to be spoiled. You want to just go in and play it and um all right we can talk a little bit before we get to spoilers okay um like i had kind of heard about this game but i was like oh i don't know i heard there was something about permadeath and i was like oh that seems horrible not for me uh, but then i watched a gameplay video of it uh like one morning before work i don't know why i did that um but like i immediately got obsessed with it i was like this looks amazing and like all day at work like I couldn't wait to play it I think I might have 
bought it while I was at work and like started downloading on my computer because like I just couldn't wait. And I got home and I was so excited because it was actually like a dark stormy night out at my house. And then I got to play this game, which is super creepy. And you play with the headphones, you've got the voices in your head, and it just sets the mood so well. Uh, it's a gorgeous game, like video and audio, and the gameplay, uh, the combat gameplay, where you've got your sword and you're like dodging and you're parrying, and it it feels amazing. It makes you feel like you're good at combat video games, which I'm usually not. Um, and then this game, if you've got the setting on it, it'll do this thing where it scales the difficulty, like based on how you're playing. Uh, so like if you're doing really well, it'll like start to make it harder for you. But then if you're having problems, it'll kind of scale it back a little bit, which is awesome because like then you don't have to think about it and switch it back and forth. Um, there's there's no HUD on the screen, uh, so it's like completely clear. It's, it's more of an experience than a game. Um, and it just deals with some really important issues. So Cody, do you want to say anything before we get into spoilers? I don't know if I, uh, let's just go to spoilers if like my stuff could possibly be spoiler. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. So we're spoiling uh -huh. now. So check your show notes to see where to skip to. Um, so like you give to me this game and I'd heard so much good things about it. And so I was super excited to get into it. So like when it's starting, it's like telling you like, hey, you want to play with headphones on? Like we've consulted psychiatrists and stuff about this stuff. Like this is going to be an experience. Um, and as someone who has suffered from depression for a very long time, someone who's thought about killing themselves most of their life, this game just fucking hit me in the heart so hard. Mm -hmm. uh, Senua is dealing with psychosis and hearing voices and like, uh, you're dealing with this throughout the entire game and like sometimes the voices are helpful but sometimes they're just nasty evil things to you and like your journey through Helheim pretty much to recover your lover's soul is such a beautiful story and the growth you see Senya will go through is amazing and like it gives you hope in a sense because it is her battling her demons in what is psychosis and like it gives you hope that like if you're someone suffering from depression like you can beat the demons and you can you can beat hell pretty much and you'll make it out and like i remember just getting to the end of this game and just bawling my eyes out mm -hmm. um hellblade is a game that i don't think we'll get for a very long time again um mainly because it's not xbox exclusive <laughs> um or ninja theory is um but it's it is a wonder and it you just you need to play it yeah. um yeah it's so emotional and the combat feel does like i agree with saying the combat feels amazing um and like it's the only game I've ever like gone and looked up stuff about afterwards and like there's a video out there if you really want a good cry um, yeah. it is people who wrote letters to Ninja Theory thanking them for finally showing what they're going through and like fuck does it fuck you up inside yeah and like um, people are talking about how like 
Like maybe their family member has never been able to relate to them and what they're going through in this game, like helped them understand and do that. It's that video is, oh man, you'll, you'll definitely cry watching that video, even if you haven't played the game. Um, but yeah, so <clears throat> what, what really gets me in this game. So like, like there's the psychosis, depression, but like, I feel that it also addresses really well issues of grief and guilt and just worry. And as you're, as you're going through, you learn about Sinua and that she has something called the darkness inside of her. And like, that is her curse. That is like her father, like locks her in a closet because like, he doesn't want her darkness to like take over. And it's just, I mean, there's, oh, it's, it's horrible. Um, but like, as you're going, like you're fighting the first battle that you're in, you fight these guys. Uh, and then towards the end of the battle, they turn into like smoke and like they can attack you, but you can't, you can't hit them. You can't do anything. You, you can't defeat these guys and you end up dying. And this is where the game tells you, Hey, uh, this, the blackness, when you die, it, it, it spreads throughout your body. So it starts as like a really a black thing on your hand. And like every time you die, it's going to increase and like move up your arm. And if you die enough that it reaches your head, like that's it for Sinuash. Her journey's over and you won't be able to continue. And so that like, that's the thing where it's like, here's your permadeath. You're not going to make it. Um, and like the really important thing here is, this is like the big spoiler alert. Well, I don't know, but um, there's it's not really permadeath. Um, you're you can die as many times as you want, and that that's not the end of the game. You're not gonna lose your saves. It's just fine. Like I've like when I like I'd heard I'd I'd read an article that's like no, there's no permadeath. It's it's a fake. Uh, but still, when I got to that point in the game and saw that, I was like that article was wrong. There's really permadeath. I'm like, oh my God. Um, but then like I kept dying and like, I would see like the rot would be like up to her elbow and I'm like, oh God, it's going to keep going. And then like the cinematic would have it be down low and it would come up to her elbow again. It's like, oh, the game is progressing as the game wants to progress. It's not going to let the rot spread um, any further than the storyline wants it to be at that time. Um, and so like the, there's a certain voice in your head that's a woman who's kind of more of a main narrator versus the other like psychosis voices that are just saying random stuff. And like the thing that really got me was like once I finally, it was after the first playthrough, I stopped and was like, okay, she's saying this stuff and it's about Cinema's life and about the game. But also she is talking to me directly as the player and telling me things that are important to my life and important for me to think about. And like one of the things that they say, I think multiple times is like the most difficult battles are the ones that you fight in your mind. And so like Sinua blames herself for her lover's death and for the destruction of her village because she had left to try to prevent the darkness from taking over. And while she was gone, uh, the Northmen attacked and, and killed everybody. So she's dealing with this grief. And like what this game for me was, was trying to tell me was, you know, like your grief can take over who you are. Like your grief, your depression, your guilt, whatever, that is like the darkness that's inside you. And it will consume you if you don't recognize it for what it is and 
say, no, that's just one thing that's happened, but it's not who I am and it's not my life. Like you have to like take charge of yourself. Um, and so you go through all of this, all these trials um, to get to to the end where you're standing up to Hela, the god of the underworld who has your lover's soul and you are trying to get it back. And you have this this massive battle and like every pretty much every time you kill an enemy, like two more will spawn and like you just you cannot make any progress in this battle. And like I was going forever and I'm like, God, this is never going to end. How am I going to how am I going to get through this? And like then I started listening to the voices in my head and they're saying, just stop. You have to give up. And so eventually you just stop fighting and you let yourself get killed, whatever. Um, and that's really when you find out, like, there were never any, oh my god, I'm so emotional, oh, there were never any enemies, like, all of this has been Sinua punishing herself for what she felt, so, like, every battle that you fought was just her punishing herself, and, like, this is about forgiving yourself and letting go of all that. And that's what really got me and obviously still gets me to this day just talking about it. Um, but like that was just, it was just so powerful because like that is something that I do all the time. I get stuck in my head and like I'll start getting angry or start getting sad about something that isn't really real. It's just something that I've imagined. What if this happened? And like I'll really, like, I'll be driving to work thinking about something. Like, this used to happen a lot uh, when Gizmo was was still alive but not doing well. Like, constantly I'd be driving to work thinking about him and thinking about something bad that would happen to him and I would just start crying. And I'd be like, no, he's alive and he is fine right now. This is, why am I worrying about something that's not happening right now? And it's just these these painful thoughts that get in your head the darkness that tries to take over and you just have to recognize that this isn't a real thing. It's just something, it's a fear, it's it's a it's a guilt, whatever, that's trying to take over and you have to recognize it for what it is and be able to let go and move on. Um, and so it's just, it was just a super impactful full game for me. And I mean, it, it kind of helped me realize that like, I've been dealing with grief for like a really long time in my life, but like never recognized it. Um, Cause like, you know, you grieve when somebody dies. Um, but like I was finding out that you actually grieve, you can grieve for quite a while before somebody dies. Like my grandmother had a stroke 10 years previous and like she just deteriorated over that time. She got dementia. It was just like one thing after another, she was, not able to care for herself at all and it's just like all of that there were years that like I feel the whole family was grieving because really even though she was still there like we had lost her we had lost the person that she was and like recognizing that that was something that had been there that whole time you know it was just like a really powerful thing um and this this game just really helped me see that we all have the possibility for a darkness to take over, whether it's depression, whether it's guilt, whether it's grief, whether it's just fear of things that might happen. And we just have to recognize that, like, oh, when I'm having a bad feeling, that's not something that's true. It's just a feeling that I have that I need to, like, 
recognize and say, no, you're not real. I, uh, I don't know. It just, it just gets me. And it's amazing that a game can have that effect on a person. So, whew, that was rough. Uh, yeah. Um, Hellblade is an amazing game uh, and it addresses mental health in an amazing way. Um, so if you are someone like us who is going through something, definitely play it and hopefully it affects you like it's affected us like um it's one of my favorite games of all time and it always will be and i always will be grateful to sam for gifting it to me that one time and such a good game yeah Whew. all right now we got through it we're we good got through it. hopefully we can move on to some lighter subjects with our number one games there'll just be something happy and carefree so Alright. Hit me one. with that number one. I called it earlier this year. God of War. It's my favorite game of all time. Yep. Um I'm be quick about it because you've heard me rant and rave about this all the time. Um God of War was a series that created a character that I loved and God of War that came out this year took that character and made me love them even more. Um, and then introduced a new character that I love. Um, Kratos and Atreus uh, are two characters that, for all purposes, shouldn't work, but they do because mm -hmm. of how well the story is written. Um, the combat in God of War is amazing. Uh, definitely an upgrade from the hack and slash of the original three. <laughs> it's light years um, away from that. Yeah. Uh, just every story beat in that game feels like it has a purpose and every shock that comes like when you find out who the stranger is when you find out who the witch is like it's all building upon this world and like i'm so excited to see where they take this story and like the ending i remember it just being like four in the morning and they drop that last big shocking bomb on you and i'm just like <laughs> Oh my god, Cody, literally, the screen just froze while you were making that shocked face. Over. Oh, lost yeah. you again. I'm back now. Okay. Hey, where'd you lose me? When you you said that ending, and it just shocked you, and then you made your shocked face, and it froze on your shocked <laughs> face. So when the ending, they dropped that last big bomb on you, I was I jumped out of my chair and was just like, what's going on? What? Yeah. Um, and then like when you return to the house uh, after all the story stuff is done, and this big thing happens to tease you for the next game. I was like, I'm so ready. Please don't be another like four fucking years. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, Kratos is a character I love death, like uh, how he has grown as a character um, even more than he had in the original three uh, is amazing. Um, I think Atreus is the perfect side character. Uh, sidekick to him mm -hmm. um and i can't wait to see where that character ends up in later uh games and just i love the world that we're in now with kratos and i can't wait to experience more god of war is breathtaking and magical and it's my favorite game of all time yeah um i i think i've said previously i believe that 
God of War is probably the best made game of all time. Um, everything that they put into it, it is so gorgeous, like unbelievable. The writing is great. The music is great. And I mean, the combat is just, it blows me away how good it is. It was so much fun um, learning the different skills, uh, just the things that you can do with enemies. Like sometimes you'd have an enemy get thrown at you from another enemy. Like it was just like crazy. Um, the stuff you could do where you would like parry with your shield and like send stuff back at, at enemies. It, I mean, it really made you feel like you were a god uh, fighting over here. Um, and like this is probably one of the rarest occasions where like I saw a, pre a trailer for God of War, uh, you know, a few months before it was coming out. And just like based on that trailer, I was like, I know exactly what this game is going to be like and exactly how good it's going to be. And then I played it and it it was exactly met my expectations. I was like, yes, I knew that this was going to be as fantastic as it was and it's like so rare that a game lives up to what you expect like that um but they just did an outstanding job with it and making you care about this character who was an asshole previously and like wow why would i care about this guy you know um okay whatever fine i only played a little bit hard but... disagree um... okay hard disagree that's fine that's fine um but he wasn't necessarily the most likable character uh he did some pretty bad things and it, just like the the style of the previous games, again, I didn't play them, but I heard there was like weird stuff, weird sex, like sex stuff that you would see on screen and just like, I don't know. It was definitely um, the bro era of video go. games, I guess. Yes. Uh, so yeah. And like this, this game, like it has matured, it has grown into like its superior form. Like, if it was a Pokemon, it has evolved to its final whatever. Okay. <laughs> you like that? There we go. Yeah, that was good. Good job. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a great game. Like, I mean, it, it would be higher on my list, but, like, just the emotional parts of it didn't get me as much as some other stuff did in a more personal way. Uh, but, I mean, I agree. It's, it's a fantastic game. Possibly the greatest game ever made. So... Yeah. There's still times when I Google certain uh, scenes and yeah. watch them on YouTube just because they're so good and how well they hit. So yeah, it's some of the surprises were just like blew me away. And the funny thing is, Cody, the real funny thing here, if you played Hellblade previously and you paid attention at the lore stones where it was talking about Norse mythology, you would have had a completely different mindset going into God of War because you would have been like, oh, as soon as you found out who someone was, you'd be like, oh, I know who that is. I know what this is about. I know what this is going to be. Because um, I was just recently playing some more Hellblade and I'm like, oh, they're talking about all these characters that show up in God of War. Like, I could have had a heads up, but I apparently wasn't paying attention the first time I played Hellblade and or didn't remember it by the time I got to God of War because it was all surprising and new. And that's fantastic because it's great to be surprised in a game and have it go someplace you didn't expect at all. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for the next game in the series because I think it will continue to be outstanding. So. Hell yeah. 
All right. So we're ending with my number one game of all time. And it should be no surprise that it's Resident Evil 4. Of course. I've said this many times. I mean, what do you expect? I was like, I don't know what her number one game is. And I didn't even think about it. Okay. Of course, that's what it is. Um, so we just went from talking about probably the best game ever made to a game that's got some problems. I mean, it's, it's older. It's the controls are horrible. Like, I can't even play it anymore because I just hate so much that, like, I have to use square to shoot my gun when I should be using a trigger. Um, but anyway, it's just a fantastic game. If you put that aside, um, I've talked about how I started playing it on Wii and it was my first real experience getting into this type of game and just like getting through it was was so exciting for me and like it opened a whole new world of, of games to me um and of course i just love resident evil i love leon kennedy he's a great character to play as um <clears throat> i love that this is set in spain and like the i mean i guess they're kind of zombies but they're like not super zombies they're infected with las plagas um but like they would just like yell stuff in spanish at you and like i just love it and it's so much fun just it's just one of those games where you play it in the right time of your life and it sticks with you and you'll always love it no matter what for all its faults so that that's it for me resident evil 4 what are you gonna do please remaster it capcom please i beg you <laughs> All right. We did man. it. Woohoo! 40-ish games because um, of mean, the crossovers. We had six in common, so 42. You nailed it. I like, know. Right on the money. I know, man. See, I mean, I I, I, mean, you I got know me with that fucking well. logo in Oregon Trail. I really didn't expect those. I know. You, you just, sometimes I go crazy. This is a really long episode. It's super long. I'm surprised we haven't had to have a bathroom break, but... That's right. I've just been pooping in my pants, to be honest with you. <laughs> anything for the content, guys. Anything for the content, all right? Hey, um, man. All right. Wow. That was a lot of really awesome games. Um, I think we have some good stuff there. Hopefully, yeah. maybe you guys have heard of a game that you didn't know about before, and you're intrigued, and you're like, hey, I should go check that game out. That sounds amazing. And I would say you should, because we have really good taste. So, Hell yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a long episode. Thanks for sticking with us. Thank you for being here for episode 25. I mean, I know we've got people who've, who've been with us from the get-go. We've got people who have jumped on along the way. And we're just thankful for all of you. We love having people. We love hearing from the community. And like getting feedback on on stuff on our questions getting questions from you um i think we're just happy to be here doing this i mean I've, I've said before like no matter what's going on even when i'm having a horrible day and i'm in the crappiest of moods like as soon as we get together and start recording i start having a good time it's like no matter without fail so um I'm happy that we get to do this and that like people are interested in hearing us talk. So it just, it makes it, makes it all right. Cause we'd be doing it regardless. Cause it's just fun for us, but it's just like truly an honor that, that we have people who, who are there for us. So Cody, what did you, do you want to say anything? 
Thank you guys so much. Um, when Sam and I left Previous Ventures to explore our own stuff, I uh, wasn't sure where we would go and how long it would go. And so saying, hey, we've done 25 episodes, just like a real accomplishment. Um, and I can't wait to get to 100. Um, yeah. I appreciate anybody who has supported us along the way. If you're still listening after three hours of us talking about video games, um, I greatly appreciate you. You guys make it all worth it. And uh, thank you to our community for everything. Yeah. And a special shout out to everybody who's in our Discord. You guys are amazing. You brighten my day like every day. I love being away for a while, coming back and seeing just like a flurry of messages you guys have had of just random, random stuff. Um, Real random. <laughs> yeah, Cody came back the other day and found we'd just been talking about poop. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> that was a thing. But you guys are great. We love you. Thank you so much for being there for us. So, all right, twenty-five down. Here's to another twenty-five, and then like fifty after that, and probably like you know a couple hundred after that until you know. Probably. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's go through the basics here. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, send us some listener questions. We always love listener questions. That's at contact at geekartgames.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook at geekartgames. Our YouTube videos, where you can see three seasons of Two Guardians, is over at geekartgames.com slash YouTube. If you want to watch our live streams, well, we're going to need to do some more live streams. We haven't been streaming lately. We need to get on that at some point, apparently. Uh, but that'd be over I mean, at twitch.tv. One of us is about to be out of work for six months, so we'll get to that eventually. Yes. Um, Cody may be streaming quite a bit in the future as he recovers from things. Um, but that would be at twitch.tv slash games. You can hit the little heart to follow, and then you'll get notified when we do go live. Um... You can join our Discord and have real fun discussions about all kinds of things. It's not just poop. That was just a one-time thing, I promise. Uh, that's at geekartgames.com slash Discord. And if you would like to buy a fun Geekart Games t-shirt, you can go to geekartgames.com slash shirts. Or shirt. Either one works. It's fine. So, I am at S-K-S-U-V-A-K on Twitter. Cody? I am at comic book Cody. Yeah. Once again, thank you so much to everyone who's listening, who's been sticking with us. Hope you've had a good time, and we will continue to try to bring you as much fun as possible in the future. Cody, take it away. We're just two geeks who heart a lot of games. Do 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 do. Thank you. Thank you.